the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. D.C. Today, the Dave Ellswick Show. We're live with you. We're a couple blocks from the Capitol. The smell doesn't get to us here. The swamp smell doesn't get to us where we're set up right now because we're outside on top of the building where Fox and CNN and C-SPAN and MSNBC and everybody else is at. They get us on the roof here. It's a great place to do a show. Um, the humidity is way up today. We're supposed to get rain later on this afternoon. I hope it waits until... I'm out of here. That's all I can say as far as that goes. I want to bring on some folks that I've had them on before here on the Dave Ellswick Show. They've been here at Hold Their Feet to Fire for several years. John and Joe Beth Ladd are with us. They are ranchers. They're everyday people just like you. And they're having to put up with this craziness that's going on in the border. So I wanted them to come on and talk to you, you know, person to person, and just let you know what their life is like with the craziness that's happening on the south border. And let me ask both of you right off the bat, is this not the worst that you've seen the border ever on the south? That's a fact. Yes. I've never seen it, never expected it to get this bad, and it here it is. It's crazy. It is. It really, really is crazy. And, and you guys aren't really putting up with... I mean, you're putting up with the illegals coming across the border. Everybody does on the southern border, from Texas all the way over to southern California by San Diego. But in talking with the sheriffs in Cochise and Pinal uh, counties, they both made it very clear to me that the fentanyl drug trade is flourishing in southern Arizona. That's right. And I think that's more dangerous than the people that are coming across. Oh, like, there's yeah, so absolutely. much money involved. Yeah. Absolutely. And it it's killing people, you know, hundreds a day Yeah, in Arizona. And what is it about our pol- well, the politicians right now that are in, are in, in uh, charge of, in the House? Of course, there are Democrats. What if if we if they weren't in charge, they'd be yelling their heads off right now at all the, the overdoses and oh, stuff absolutely. because of this. They don't hardly say anything about fentanyl. They don't even want to talk about it. NBC won't even ask about it in their interviews that they have with the president. That that's right. That that just mum. Once in a while on our Tucson news, they'll show the picture of the half a million pills they seize at the port of entry. But they don't talk about the deaths and what it's doing to families and just ruining the whole country. Yeah, it really amazed me when I saw the story about how the cartels are making it look like uh, candy now. Yeah. Yes. yeah. You know, that tells me they're marketing it to kids. That's right. Sure. Yeah. 
And everybody, everybody should be upset about that. I mean, really, really uh, upset about that as far as how they're, you know, they're colored. I mean, they're, they're little colored pills now. It looks like candy. It looks like Pez. Remember Pez? Oh, yeah. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. yeah. Except it's round and not yeah. right. oblong. Or, right. Or sweet tarts. Yeah, sweet tarts is probably yeah. a better and more accurate description of it. So... You've been. How long have you been ranching along the border down there in Arizona? My family's been there 127 years. Wow! And I've been there almost half of it. So okay. <laughs> so with, with with that said, what? How has your life changed just in the last 40, <laughs> 20 years? In yeah. fact. Yeah. Well, it, it. The irony of it is, is that we always had people from Mexico working for us. And we've sponsored three guys to be citizens. Yeah. And that was just the way of life down there. Of course. And then uh, President Reagan, and he, he's my favorite president, but he did amnesty, and as soon as that happened, everybody started coming. You know, he said that was the biggest mistake in his political career. It, it was. And he was lied to by Tip O'Neill. Yep. And you remember who wrote the, the legislation that he okayed? Yeah, little little Chucky Schumer. Really? Yeah, he was congressman at the wow. time. Wow. Okay. Well, and he that hasn't changed his stripes, has he? Nope. No. Oh, he's gotten worse. Yeah. <laughs> he has. He's got <laughs> he's definitely gotten worse. But uh, yeah, he said that uh, he because they told him that they would secure the border. Exactly. That was and that and, was the trade-off. Yeah, we we agreed. My my mom and dad and we said, yeah, that okay. We need to get this done. But it, they so fast forward thirty years, more pro caught a half a million on our ranch. Really? And it that was from the late eighties till mid two thousand. And wow. fences, water, cattle, vehicles, it, you name it, everything was affected. Us, raised kids. Donald Trump gets elected, go from catching 300 a day to six a month. That, what is it that people don't understand? About? Well, it's because the national news does not cover it. Right. That's one of the reasons. I mean, we talk about it here on, on radio and on our, our stations and things of that nature, conservative talk stations, but nobody else does. No. They don't give him any credit at all. He no. deserves all kinds of credit for what he did. Absolutely. And, it, you know, his rhetoric and what the policies that he came up with and enforced is what stopped it. Right. And so we were under the impression we'd have four more years of Trump and this whole border thing would be non existent and that. In November, when B- Biden got elected, it, we had five groups at the House the next morning. And it, it just overnight. I mean, did they knock on your door and said President Biden sent us? <laughs> Not quite that bad. But it, <laughs> it's, it's like, here close. we are. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's pretty close it, to that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, look at those T-shirts they all were wearing. President oh, Biden, pre- Biden, please let us come. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I see them all coming now when... They send them to Martha's Vineyard, even. Yeah. They right. say, we love President Biden. Yeah. Oh, of course they do. I had Robert Rector on yesterday from the Heritage Foundation. He said the amount of money Americans give to every illegal is about 60000 a yeah. year. A year. Yeah. You got it. 
He said, in the way, he said, the way to think about how much it costs is to add about two dollars to every gallon of gas that you pump, yep. and that's what you're paying for yep. illegal immigration. Oh yeah. Well, and it, the irony of it is, down in our country, they call him Beden, President Beden. Beden, huh? Okay. But, uh, it, well, in the from yesterday, the the big difference in the Arizona is that they're all wearing full camo. And it's a military president. Most of them are military age males. Um, what? It's not. It's not mothers and their children no. looking to come to America to better themselves. Nope. 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 We. But I thought that's what national news tells us well, all the sure. time. And they're just poor people, and and they're not. They're they're coming to ruin America as far as what we're getting. Right. They're, they're not coming to pick lettuce. They're not going to be a maid or a gardener. But the military presence, they're well organized. They have discipline. They're groups of one, two, or three. And Border Patrol's catching about 100 a day on our ranch. But their apprehension rate is 34%. So Just, just do your math is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. So what's happening to the getaways? Yeah. And, and that it's happening. And one of the worst things that Biden did was immediately started detailing our agents from our station to other areas to process them. So we we've got maybe two border patrol agents and two mi- or ten miles along the border. And that they catch a group right off the bat takes them an hour and a half to get them processed loaded up in the meantime we got group after group going behind them um horse patrol is one of the the biggest pluses we have we have three horse patrol teams and they're they're everywhere Th- naco's area responsibility is 33 miles so each one of those horse patrol units has about 10 miles that they have to patrol but they're not on the border yeah when i was when i was down there uh, they were using helicopters. We we I have them. You still have them out there. Yep, we've got one. That... And, and as I as I would be watching, because I could watch, I could watch the illegals at that time walking yep. across the ranch that I was at. You would watch the helicopter come in and it would it would hover. Yep. Yeah. And they would tell me they found a group. Yep. And that they would pick them up. They would take their backpacks from them because they found out if you took their backpacks and didn't let them have them. They could take them back across the border, let them go, and they wouldn't come back for a few weeks. Yeah. Because they had to get their backpacks right. again. Resupply. Yeah. 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 They keep all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, it was a real eye-opener for me. I, I did not know it was that bad, and I can't imagine what I'd think now if I went down Oh, it, yeah. it's sad to see it. And the, the, the fact of them being in full camo and that they wear carpet shoes so that they don't leave tracks. Really? It's like the fleece on their canvas slip-ons over your shoes. And the only you might be seeing indention in the sand, but on, as far as on dirt, you can't tell they walk there. Good guys. All right, we're going to have more uh, with some ranchers from down in Arizona. This is John and Joe Beth Ladd. Joe Beth, I asked you, how, how long have you been doing this now? How many hold their feet to the fire have you been at? About 10 or 11, I think. Yeah, almost since the beginning, I think, yeah. you guys have been here. And I always like to have them on because I want, they speak out. They'll tell you what it's like. 
They want you to know. They want you to understand. Now, the people in Martha's Vineyard are starting to figure out what it's all about now. Right. I think. Do you think that the, the governors of Florida and Texas have done the right thing? I mean, oh, even Ducey is doing yes. it now. Right. I think they have. I, Yes. You know, they. it was a political stunt. There's no doubt about that. But at least it got, you know, people's attention. Yeah. Got them talking about yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. And the people in Martha's Vineyard, it was 50 people. 50. Yeah. 50. How many a day come across your ranch? They're catching 100. There you go. There you go. Think about that for a few moments. All right. We'll take a break. We'll get, uh, we'll get, I'll let you have time to think about that, and then we'll come back and finish up our interview 18 minutes after here in John and Joe Beth Ladd on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. We're back with you. We're in Washington, D.C. Hold their feet to the fire. Uh, brought to you by FAIR. Uh, they have been fighting the battle against illegal immigration for years. Dan Stein told you about that yesterday. We had him on, the very first person on the show, to give you a little bit of the history of what uh, what's going on here. Uh, and now we've got John and Joe Beth, Joe Beth Ladd. They're uh, ranchers along the southern border. they got a big ranch. And I always like to talk to people about the ranches down out west because everybody thinks about a ranch in Arkansas, let me just tell you what, you wish you had a ranch the size of some of these people down in, in Arizona and Texas. It's incredible uh, what they have. And, and they're just good, hard-working Americans trying to make a living, trying to get by. How many kids did you guys raise down there? Three. Three. Three boys. Three boys. Uh, is, it, uh, is it safe for families along the border now? Um, where we are, I think it is. I mean, you have to be aware of your surroundings and look when you go out and keep your doors locked and all that. But I don't, you know, I'm not afraid in my house. Okay, well, that's good. Well, if you, you know, if you, that's no way to live. If we were just afraid all the time, you know, we'd, we'd leave because that's, that's no life. Now, can you dismiss for everybody the myth that the people that are coming across the border are nice people, just like ev- like everyday Americans that just are looking for a better deal? Yeah, well, they're, if they were nice people looking for a better deal, they wouldn't be dressed in full camo and only men and not want to be caught by Border Patrol. They would, you know, turn themselves in and say that magic word, asylum. Yeah, yeah. And that's not what's coming across our ranch. You know, so many people don't realize that you have to declare asylum in the country nearest to the country you're leaving. Right. Which means anybody that's coming from, you know, the Central American area should have, in one of those other countries, asked for asylum. That's right. And uh, that's not the way that it is. Uh, now they they all want to, as I call it, the Willy Wonka gold ticket. Sure, oh, and, yeah. and come to America. Yeah, you know they want to come to our country and they want to relocate here because this is where they're going to get all the services and everything that they want. Well, that's that right. that's part of it. Um, Border Patrol's caught twenty seven different nationalities this year on our ranch. So you you hit it on the head. It it just isn't Mexicans. It, it's everybody coming. Well, this this last group that uh, DeSantis sent up to Florida were all Venezuelans. Yes, yeah, exactly. And I understand why they're fleeing from Venezuela. Right. I, do I mean, too. I, I don't. 
it's not like I don't understand that they, they crave freedom and that they would like to see and go someplace where they could have a life like they had before in Venezuela, but... You know, what's his name? Maduro, is that his name down there in Venezuela? He's such a socialist. Sure. You know, he's destroyed that country. You know, you can't find a dog in Venezuela anymore? Right. They've eaten them all. Yeah. And that's just, that should, that's disgusting. It is. Well, it is. And it, America's always been a a humane country. And the, the irony of it, when you listen to the swamp now, how bad we are and prejudice. Well, why why do we have five million people in the last two years coming? <laughs> yeah. If we're that bad, we're why so are they bad? They want to yeah. all yeah. be just like us. There you go. They want to be with us. That's for sure. So how how do the rest of the ranchers, uh, you know, feel? Are, are a lot of people saying I can't I can't continue staying here. I need to go somewhere else. There there are a few that have sold out. Yes. There, it, East of us, closer, we're about 40 miles from New Mexico. Uh-huh. But there's seven families out there sold because their their kids were in their 40s and they didn't want any more of it. They don't want to deal with it anymore. That, they're done. Um, you know, I think about that. I look at you. All right, John. 120 years? Your 20, family? 127. 127 years. And now you got to leave because... Yeah. You know, you're under duress all the time. Right. No, that. And your yeah. own country won't help you. That's right. And, you know, if we didn't have our boy, we got two grandkids now. Um, <clears throat> our boys never have known anything but immigration issues, border patrol on the ranch, crime, dope, you name it. Um, <clears throat> and, the, you know, the other ranch families, they're all longtime families out there. And, and the parents said, if you don't want it, we're selling it. Yeah. And and the kids moved to town. The parents, they they didn't move to town, but um, they're done, and and it's over the immigration deal. Yeah, I don't blame them. You know, I don't blame them. I wish it didn't have to be this way, and it doesn't. But the bottom line is, I don't blame them for not wanting to put. Oh, it back I around. yeah, I don't. Like I said, if if we if we were afraid constantly, we would move because that you can't live that way. You know, that's that's not a. That's not a good life. Yeah, John, before we came on, you said that you're out buildings, out on the ranch and right. stuff. You don't even lock them anymore because they just break into them. Yeah, that, um, that, that's reality. Uh, it, and what these people are doing now, they, um, they're not really taking tools and stuff because they don't want to get caught. It's just going to weight them down. But they're getting in there to hide overnight. And then first thing at daybreak, they take off. And when we get most of the activity is at shift change on Border Patrol. Well, that makes sense. And so between the agents leaving and coming in, there's about 40 minutes, and that's when we get invaded every day. Yeah. Now, I was talking about with you both when I was down during the Bush administration, and they, they had the, uh, the helicopters going along the border. And you said, Joe Beth, that you guys got one in that area now? Yeah, uh-huh. and they still do that. You know, we can I can stand out in our backyard um, sometimes and see a helicopter flying around, and then it'll stop and hover, and, and you know that there's yeah, somebody out there. Yeah, if they stop and yeah. they're hovering, they've got a group. you that's, got a group. That's right. That's yeah. what it's all about. And it was amazing to me how many people were coming across the border. King Anvil at one time 
they were having thousands oh, come across yeah. their ranch every day. Yeah, I, you know, we used to get groups of 10, 20, 30 that, you know, we could see from our house. I mean, they'd come right by the house, but those were the families. And I, I just, you know, that was enough. I can't imagine to have even, even more, a thousand. I just... Have you ever have you ever pulled up to your house and found them sitting on your around the house or porch or oh, yeah. using yeah. your water and things of that? Oh nature? yes, yeah. Yes. We back in the early two thousands, we we had a little Oaxacan girl spend the night in the house. and We didn't know she was there. Yeah. <laughs> she she found her on the couch the next morning. Yeah. Oh my, that would unnerve. Then we started oh, it, locking it did. our doors. Yeah. That would unnerve me. Didn't hear them come in. Didn't even know they were there. That's right. And they found them. We had a dog, but she was old and, you know, deaf and half blind, so she didn't didn't hear her either. Yeah. Because usually the dogs will Yeah, well, she was just happy probably to get petted. Well, the the other part of it, Joe Best, right, you know, my my dad's still alive. um, But we we have quite a network, you know, at, at the main headquarters that you're always... Looking, I mean, you can't take anything for granted. You you can't be one track. I'm going to go work these. I want to brand some calves. They, you, before you do anything, you got to check everything around you. Yeah, put your head on a swivel. That's yeah, the way it, it goes. And Guys, that's just the way it is. I appreciate you coming by. Well, Always thank you. Always a pleasure to visit with you. Uh, I've got Congressman uh, Westerman coming up. We'll get to him right after the news. All right, back with you, Washington, D.C., live Dave Ellswick show. My thanks to John and Joe Beth Ladd. They're ranchers down on the eastern uh, southern border of uh, Arizona. And like I've been explaining to you and the sheriffs have been explaining to you, Arizona, they have their, their, their groups of, of illegals, but their big problem is the fentanyl. That's coming over in just huge quantities from the ports of entry, in fact. And that's what's crazy. So I've asked Congressman Westerman to join us, and Congressman Bruce Westerman is now with us. You know, Bruce, did you ever think that you would have to deal with the border the way you're dealing with it now? I mean, it's worse It's worse now than ever since I've been able to. It's, it's probably in the worst shape it's ever been. And by the way, welcome to the jungle up here, Dave. Well, I tell everybody I can't smell the swamp that bad from where I'm at. I'm about two two blocks away from the Capitol. you got a strong cup of coffee to mask it. <laughs> but, you know... Do you listen to the other side and just shake your head and say, what What are you not thinking here? Exactly. It's like it's some kind of alternate reality. I mean, how can you look at the we're – talking, we're talking about millions of people coming across the border illegally in a year. And I've talked on the show about it before, 151 different countries. Uh, I think this year they've arrested 80-something people on the, the terrorist list. Yes. And we're sitting here in D.C. talking about that. The border is a long ways away, but that is affecting every community in our country. And it's the, the fentanyl is what's affecting Americans more than anything else. 100,000 overdose deaths. Yeah, the more deaths from fentanyl in the age group from 18 to 45 than any other cause of death. Why is that not on the headline news every day? I agree. Uh, Sheriff Donnell said, and he's a sheriff in Cochise County, 
He said, drop a bomb in any city in America and kill 100,000 people and see what our response is. Kill them by drug overdoses and nobody says a, a thing about it. Yeah, they... Uh because they know where the problem is, and they do not want to address the problem. I, when I say the, I, they, I'm talking about uh, Biden and the Democrats in Congress and this uh, clown show that they've got running the White House over there. They're uh, the, the most incompetent group of people I've ever seen in government anywhere, and it's like everything they touch goes the wrong direction. Yeah, and you're right about that. It does go the wrong direction. There's no no doubt about that. Tom Holman yesterday on the show said that he heard the vice president said that, you know, I want to make another trip down to Central America and, and talk about the root causes of the illegal immigration. He says all she's got to do is walk to the Oval Office and you'll find yeah, the main You go look person. in the mirror and you see part of the cause. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I th- isn't she the, the borders are and still hasn't been? That's what been? they said. Yeah, she, she got close to it one time, but it, I, I don't think she's actually uh, seen the border as far as I know. Well, I sure don't like the, the idea that we call people who are in charge czars now. Yeah. Here in our uh, country. We should ban that. Yeah, that should that should Cancel be the czar term. Did you happen to, um, I don't know if you scrolled through your, your news sites today, but did you see what China had to say about producing fentanyl? I missed that. I, yeah, did. I read a couple that, of newspapers. They said that uh, they didn't, uh, with, the, the, with the way that they're working with the Biden administration, they didn't know if they could find it in themselves to really crack down on fentanyl production right now in, oh, in their country. Imagine that. At least they're truthful. Yeah, it. well, yeah, at least they said the truth. You know, you know, President, uh, President Trump, he told them, hey, I'll just, I'll just put so many uh, barriers to your trade that you'll do it or or you just won't make any money and that seemed to get their attention yeah it's like it it's like we're on an iv with china and they're putting drops of poison in it and we're just sitting here and, and won't take the iv out of our arm and we're so uh dependent on them on supply chain stuff uh, it, but the fact that this fentanyl is being made in china or the components of it are being made in china this isn't like meth that's cooked up in a, a, a drug house somewhere. This is high quality fentanyl that's coming 90% pure. Yeah. Think about that. 90% And they're, they're lacing pills with it. Uh, pills made to look like candy. I mean, it's it's like an attack on our country. They're like sweet tarts. Yeah. That's what they look like, sweet tarts. That will kill you. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. One of them. Right. One of them will end your life. And, a, and 100,000 people are going to overdue this year, and it's as if our country doesn't get it. Yeah. At least well, it you know, seems that way. We're going to be releasing our commitment to America. That's coming today. up. Uh, is that today or tomorrow? Well, to, tomorrow I've uh, been briefed on it already. I've okay. been actually working on it for months, but I've seen kind of the final product, and uh, we're going to really really crack down on all forms of fentanyl good it's going to be uh, uh this uh, security issue whether we're talking about you know adding more police officers uh, cracking down on any kind of defund the police we're going to go after uh, prosecutors and da's that won't uh, prosecute crime and uh you know an all-out war on fentanyl Okay, so let me ask this question, because I hear this from Democrats all the time. Well, why don't the Republicans work with the uh, Democrats to get this under control? And I try to explain to them, because they don't want to work with the Republicans. 
I mean, how many how many bills does Nancy Pelosi have sitting on her desk that you guys have filed that she won't even bring them up? Oh, hundreds, probably thousands. But, uh, you know, the other part of this safety and security is, um, you know, funding the infrastructure along the border. We, we talk about a wall, and I'm, I'm all for a wall, but there's there's other ways to do that right you can i've told you about going to israel and seeing how they have a fence kind of like you'd see around the prison and then on the uh, inside of the fence they've got a 12 foot wide strip of sand a 12 foot wide strip of pavement and another 12 foot wide strip of sand they have um, you know military patrol vehicles on that uh, highway plus they've got all kinds of electronic sensing and monitoring devices. They said if a bird lands on that fence, they know about it. So if somebody comes across within a matter of minutes, they have uh, soldiers there. They can see where they crossed in the sand, if they got on the road, where they got off the other side. And you, you think about in Israel, the people that are coming across that border are coming to kill them. Well, there's people coming across our border that want to kill people. Right. Um, the border is is massive as well. You're talking about the, the couple from Arizona. I got a chance to visit with them a little bit uh, after they did their interview. But um, I, you know, I flew that whole border sector, uh, the whole Arizona border, in a helicopter, and it was it was a long flight, and we covered a lot of territory. And it's open, barren land. I mean, it's it's wilderness, um, desert. Well, yeah, and I try to explain people. When they say desert, it's not the Sahara. It's not sand like that. It's hard-packed stuff with with big hills or yeah. mountains and rocks, and uh, it's a it's a desolate area. And people die out there all the time. You know, we talk about uh, humanitarianism and and treating people right. Well, these uh, traffickers that are taking people across the border, they'll just dump them across the border. And tell them, you know, somebody's going to pick you up on the top of that ridge. Well, it's 20 miles to a road or anything, and they, they get up there and die in the desert. They even have these uh, these red poles out there where you can kind of tag out. Uh, you know, you go up and ring the bell. and it, Ring the bell and get out, huh? Yeah, well, you know, it sends an electronic signal, and they, they come, come and in get and me. get you, yeah. Amazing. It's just, it's just crazy. You know, you hear that stuff, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I, heard, I hear it, but when you go see it, you're like, oh, my I gosh, agree with this that. is the United States of America, and our border is, an, is a sieve. It's, uh, it, it's unbelievable. And to, to see, you know, I've seen thousands of people at one time coming across the border. Yeah, just think about that. Think about being at a high school football game, and within an hour you see that many people uh, walk across the border, and it's happening 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And all they got to do, fill out some paperwork if yeah, they, the want, if they agents, want to. The Border Patrol agents are standing there with a clipboard. They're taking down names and information, getting them in a straight single-file line. A bus comes and picks them up, takes them to a processing center. And then uh, you know, Who Biden, knows where they go? Well, I know a lot of them, when I was there last time, were getting on American Airlines and flying across the country. Oh, really? Any of them going to Martha's Vineyard? You know, I, didn't, I doubt it. They they were carrying Manila envelopes that said, uh, "Please help me. I can't speak English. I need to find my gate." And on the other side, in a sharpie, they had written down their connecting gates. Wow! And uh, the the ones I saw were uh, there were some there were some San Francisco 
spots going to San Francisco, so I guess uh, Pelosi's taking them in out there. Now, everybody has to understand this is the uh, this is the way we protect our border now. I was I was talking to the lads and I said, if you went down, I forget what the expressway is that runs down on the west side of uh, of Arizona that takes you all the way down to Nogales, but there are signs in that state park that there is. There's a huge state park by the military base there. And people can't hunt in it anymore because there's so many mules coming across with, with yeah. illegal drugs. So with the the Natural Resources Committee where we've got jurisdiction over federal lands, about 40% of the southern border is federal land. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, I've made trips down there and we go out and there's just, it's trash. It looks like some back road in the country where everybody came and just dumped their their trash out you got any couches out there you see any <laughs> well there's uh, i'm thinking arkansas here yeah couches and washing machines That's and refrigerators it. i didn't see much of that but um just just literally tons of trash that they dump if if a u.s citizen dumped trash on a national monument you you probably have the FBI coming after you, right? But it's it's illegals coming across the border dumping it, and it's like, oh well. Well, answer this question. I got time for one more question for you. You all win the house. I think that, at least in my own mind, that's a foregone conclusion. I know that we got to push towards the end here. I'm not as I'm not as sure about the Senate. I I think we still have a shot. But if you guys win the house, what can you do? To make changes. I mean, well, I mean, do we have to wait 24, basically, to make the change at the very top? We can make some changes by leveraging the, the budget and the funding. Right. Um, you, we, we can't control what's done in the Senate, and we can't control what's done in the, in the White House. We can have some influence over that. We will be passing legislation that, if it were acted into law, it would fix the problem. But we'll, the thing we can do is have oversight. And, uh, you know, every there's a full oversight uh, in investigations committee in the House. But all the other uh, committees have a subcommittee on oversight and investigation. So on the, the resources committee and the TNI committee that I'm on, we have oversight uh, subcommittees. And we'll be subpoenaing the administration, uh, having people over and grilling them about these terrible decisions they're making. And, you know, a lot of times those oversight hearings are they have to come in and justify their budgets. So, you know, we'll get the information then and see where they've been um, spending the money that Congress sends over. Uh, I, we, we just seem the tip of the iceberg because we're not hearing about all the, the other stuff that they're doing because they've got the media covering for them and the Democrats won't do oversight on them right now. No. Congressman, I'll let you get on your way. I know you got things to do. We'll let you go do them. I appreciate you stopping by and visiting with us today here in Washington. Always good to be with you, Dave. All right. All right. Bruce, thank you very much. Appreciate you. Congressman Bruce Westerman here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Got 11 minutes to the top of the hour. We'll be back in a moment, but first these. All right, let's get back. We'll finish up this hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. Congressman Westerman had a big cabinet meeting coming up, had to get on his way. So he's gone to do what you elected him to do. Uh, we appreciate him making the time to come over here and be part of Hold Their Feet to the Fire and be part of the Dave Ellsworth Show. I just got done talking to Ira Melman. He'll be with us coming up at uh, 9 o'clock, I think it is, that he's going to be on. But uh, coming up, 
uh, or 8 o'clock your time. Senator Bozeman will be with us here in about uh, another 20 minutes. He'll be stopping by. Big article today in uh, on Fox News. Large Chinese drug networks are helping fuel the U.S. fentanyl crisis, a situation that Beijing has little incentive to combat amid deteriorating relationships with Washington. Quote, since approximately 2013, China has been the principal source of the fentanyl flooding America's illicit drug market. That, according to Greg Singleton, a, sing, a senior fellow at the nonpartisan Foundation for Defense of Democracies. Singleton's assessment of the issue is shared by the U.S. government with a 2020 Drug Enforcement Administration report finding that China is the main source of fentanyl and fentanyl-related substances trafficked trafficked to the United States while also being the largest source of trafficking through international mail and express consignment. Now, I got a question for you. I always heard that the U.S. Postal Service uh, captures most illegal drugs that are tried to be mailed through the Postal Service. Evidently, uh, that has changed. Seizures of fentanyl from China are often less than one kilogram in weight, but test above 90% concentration for pure fentanyl. According to a 2020 NPR report, Chinese drug cartels have leveraged the Internet to market fentanyl and chemicals used to make fentanyl, often selling and shipping the drugs directly to U.S. customers. Mexican drug cartels have also been large consumers of the Chinese drug, uh, taking in shipments from China before smuggling the drugs across the U.S. border. After years of pressure, the Chinese government took action on the issue back in 2019 by more heavily regulating fentanyl production in the country. As part of a deal agreed to with the Trump administration, now whether you love him or you hate him, you got to like this policy, all right? The Chinese government committed to investigating known fentanyl manufacturing areas to enact strict controls over Internet marketing of the drug and stricter, stricter measures on enforcing drug shipping regulations. Quote, the Obama and Trump administration devoted significant diplomatic capital to persuading Beijing to crack down on the supply of fentanyl from China to the United States in April of 2019. China finally announced that the production, sale, and export of all fentanyl-class drugs would be prohibited, except by authorized firms with the Chinese government has granted special licenses. And that, does that sound like there's some problems with that? You think about that a little bit. That sounds like you pay enough money, you get the license. The measures resulted in a significant reduction of China's illicit fentanyl trade, with the DEA expressing hope that the country would soon lose its status as the leading supplier. But powerful Chinese drug networks have found creative ways to circumvent the restrictions, camouflaging their efforts with complex networks originating in isolated interior cities and developing sophisticated new shipping methods designed to evade law enforcement detection. Chinese drug networks have also worked around the restrictions by producing and selling chemicals used to make fentanyl, making the enforcement even more difficult. 
Quote, many Chinese networks involved in the production and advertising of fentanyl quickly adapted to increase legal constraints by modifying their techniques to exploit loopholes in chemical restrictions and disguise their activities. That's according to the Center for Advanced Defense Studies, analyst Michael Lohmuller, who was talking to National Public Radio late earlier this year. The sourcing of relations between the U.S. and China, not the souring of it, now threatened to undo much of the progress since 2019, most notably after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan enraged the Chinese government. Quote, this summer, following U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's travels to Taiwan, the Chinese government suspended collaboration with Washington on transnational crime and illegal drug issues, according to Singleton. An expected deterioration of U.S.-China relations will likely further undermine Beijing's willingness to enforce its own 2019 fentanyl regulations, which could lead to a worsening of the U.S. drug epidemic and associate trafficking activities. In other words, we got to be ready to get tough with China, uh, you know, by laying on trade restrictions and things of that nature to make it not worth the money to bring fentanyl to the United States. We'll see if this administration has the fortitude uh, to do that. I'm doubting it, to be honest. All right. That's the way it's looking right now uh, out there as far as uh, fentanyl going. And like I told you, uh, these guys that have been with us here from Arizona, that's where the fentanyl is really coming across here on the border right now. It's in Arizona. And uh, it's very, very dangerous. Those people travel with that fentanyl, and they are heavily, heavily armed cartel members. All right, when we come back, Senator Bozeman's going to be with us here on the Dave Elswick Show. We look forward to talking to him. Ira Melman's going to be with us there. And then uh, later on in the show, know that uh, Senator Tom Cotton at 10.30, 9.30 your time, will be joining us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stay tuned. There's more to come from Washington, D.C. We're live with you from Hold Their Feet to Define, about two blocks away from the Capitol. Uh, everybody who's anybody dealing with illegal immigration is here to talk to the 66 different radio stations that have joined to give you this information. I'm Dave Ellswick. Stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. Washington, D.C., live Dave Ellswick show, hold their feet to the fire, uh, giving you all the information you need to know about illegal immigration, illegal drugs that are flooding our country, illegal human trafficking that's flooding our country, 
Uh, we're giving you all the information you need to know to understand really how bad it is. It is terrible along the southern border. And the president that is sitting in the Oval Office in the White House doesn't care. He's not been down on the border yet. He doesn't care. We've got a vice president that sits on national TV and tells you the border is secure. Over this uh, last day and a few hours that we've been on the air here from Hold Their Feet to the Fire, you know that is not true. It is a flat-out lie. And we'll have Senator John Bozeman with us here in about 20 minutes. He'll join us to talk about it. I just had some folks come by, and they dropped off for me a card, and I appreciate it that they did this. And I've been telling you that the Republican Party was going to have a uh, kind of a contract with America again, except even stronger. Uh, The contract with America came out during the time in the 90s when Newt Gingrich, Dick Armey, and others uh, gathered together with the Republicans and uh, came up with their commitment to the American people and what they would do in the first 100 days if they took over control of the House again. And they kept their word. And the president bent uh, his ideas about uh, the uh, what was going on in the country, what was going on uh, with welfare, and uh, decided to do welfare reform. Part of that was that you had to work to be able to get welfare, which, um, as you heard Robert Rector talk about it yesterday, uh, reduced the amount of people on welfare significantly, and we can do that again. But let me run over the points made for the commitment to America. I've known this was going to happen. I, I mentioned it to you several times that they were going to do this. And you heard uh, uh, Congressman Westerman talked about how he worked on this uh, with the Republican leadership. And now they're ready to release it for you to see it uh, and what they are now promising to do uh, if they take over the House. If they could take over the House and Senate, they can put an end, literally, put an end to all this craziness that the Democrats are doing. They can stop it. They can they can make uh, President Biden be nothing more than a weak-kneed, uh, you know, uh, executive in the Oval Office that can't get anything, absolutely nothing that he's been doing here recently done because they will control oversight. They will control uh, all of the money that goes to make those programs that uh, Biden is doing right now uh, keep that from continuing. Uh, But in the commitment to America, first, an economy that's strong. Fight inflation, lower the cost of living if they're back in power. Now, this is the key. You've got to get the Republicans back in control of the House. This is the House version of this. And this is what they want to do if they are in control fight inflation lower the cost of living curb wasteful government spending that is raising the price of groceries gas cars and housing and growing our national debt increase take-home pay 
create good-paying jobs and bring stability to the economy through pro-growth tax and deregulatory policies. You know, since Biden since Biden has been president, he's raised taxes on everybody, and he has, you know, dropped regulations all over business. And if, as you add regulation, you ask, you uh, add cost. As you add cost, you add cost at the whole, the, 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 the real, real, realtor, not realtor, the retail uh, level, the mo- money that you pay for something. They want to make America energy independent. And I, sh- I would have added behind that again, because we were under President Trump. We were energy independent. We could be that again and reduce gas prices. Now, the only reason gas prices have gone down, uh, let's, let's, let's talk reality here, is because less people are driving as much as they did. And uh, in, in business, they're trying as hard as they can uh, to reduce the amount of, uh, you know, uh, diesel that they're, uh, they're sucking up. That's going to go up again. We know that it's going to go up because the way the president has been, you know, putting pressure on uh, prices and lowering them is by getting into strategic uh, uh, reserve and unleashing that oil onto the market. And we found out now that he's used over a quarter of what we've saved. And that's supposed to be for a real emergency, war, things of that nature, when uh, we can't get uh, the necessary oil that we need. But to know that they want to make us energy independent again. Maximize production of reliable, cleaner, American-made energy and cut the permitting process time in half to reduce reliance on foreign countries, prevent rolling blackouts, and lower the cost of gas and utilities. You know, they're already saying that heating oil for those people who live up in the Northeast that during the wintertime need it to heat their homes is going up by $5 a gallon. You start adding that up, and we're talking a real shock increase. Electricity rates going up, a shock to your, your, uh, your monthly budget as well. Then they go on and they say, strengthen the supply chain and end the dependence on China. Move supply chains away from China, expand U.S. manufacturing, and enhance America's economic competitiveness and cyber resiliency. They want to do that as well. They want to make a nation that's safe. They want to secure the border and combat illegal immigration. That's what we've been talking about yesterday and we're talking about again today. Fully fund effective border enforcement strategies and uh, infrastructure and advanced technology to prevent illegal crossings and trafficking by the cartels. End catch and release loopholes require legal status to get a job and eliminate welfare incentives. Yesterday, Robert Rector told you from the Heritage Foundation that an average illegal immigrant, come, you know, got family here, got, you know, got a wife, got two kids, that family is sucking up about sixty to sixty-five thousand dollars a year. That is the equivalency of you paying two dollars extra tax on every gallon of gas that you pump 
every day that you that you fill up or every other day or whatever it is for the rest of your life you can do the, you can do the math it's it's not all that difficult i can tell you that for me we're looking at $60 extra a week. That's uh, $240 extra a month times 12, and then extrapolate it out and do it for do it for 10, 20 years and see how much money it's, it's costing you to allow the illegals to come into this country. Reduce crime and protect public safety. Support 200,000 more police officers through recruiting bonuses and oppose all efforts to defund the police. And then crack down on prosecutors and district attorneys who refuse to prosecute crimes while permanently criminalizing all forms of illicit uh, fentanyl. And we've talked about how much uh, fentanyl and the amount that's coming across the borders has gone up. Uh, Back in 2018, about 320 pounds per month came into the country. Now we're well into almost 900 pounds per month. And it just keeps on soaring up into the stratosphere. Defend America's national security. Support our troops. Invest in an efficient, effective military. Establish a select committee on China. And exercise peace through strength with our allies to counter increasing global uh, threats. I'll give you the rest of this. This is the commitment to America. If you want your own copy of this. Go to CommitmentToAmerica.com. CommitmentToAmerica.com. 17 after 8, a quick break, and then more here on the Dave Ellswick Show live in Washington, D.C. From Hold Their Feet to the Fire on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, we're about 10 minutes away from when we should be joined by Senator John Bozeman here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, If you're just tuning in, we are live in Washington, D.C. We're just about two blocks uh, away from uh, the Capitol building. We're just about a block away from Union Station and it gives you the opportunity to kind of figure out where we're at. We're right in the middle of everything, just to be honest with you. And uh, we can keep up with everything that's going on. Uh, we've got some great guests coming up the rest of the show. Uh, we've got uh, Congressman Bozeman up next. Uh, coming up at 8 o'clock, Ira Melman is going to be with us from FAIR. He's going to be talking to us uh, at 8.30. Ben uh, uh, Bequam will be with us. Uh, he is a producer for Frontline. Look forward to talking to him. Uh, then at 9.30, uh, expect to hear from Tom Cotton. Uh, and uh, the senator will be with us. He'll be in. And in fact, here is Senator Bozeman uh, right now. He just uh, pulled up. He's going to join us and, and talk with us for a while. Let me remind you, you know, I got I got the, the form here. Let me run over this real quick. The last two points of the commitment to, to America that uh, the Republicans have come out with and they want you to know about. This is like the contract for America on steroids. That's basically what this is. Newt has got to be excited about this and about what has gone on. I wish Dick Army was still alive to, to see all of this. It's just Uh, Amazing what they've come up. Okay, the future that's built on freedom. Make sure every student can succeed and give parents a voice. Advance the parents' bill of rights. uh, Recover lost learning from school closures. And expand parental choice so over a million more students can receive the education their parents know is best. Let me tell you something. Coming up in January, 
after Sarah is sworn in to be the governor of Arkansas, get ready. Big changes are coming for education in Arkansas. I know that she's got three to five people on her staff working on education that came from Arizona. And Arizona, if you've been following, you know, uh, your free choice of education, you know what they did in Arizona where Governor Ducey said they went from zero to 100, which is great. And I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking for the same thing to happen here in Arkansas. Uh, defend fairness by ensuring that only women can compete in women's sports. Thank you very much. I love that. I worked on Title IX back in the, in the 70s because I wanted to see friends that I had that had been in high school be able to compete in sports just like the boys did. And we made that happen. Now we've got the, the radical left changing everything. Look, we didn't pass that to allow a boy who thinks he's a girl to compete against girls. That's not the reason that it was passed. Not at all. And we've got to stop this crap. Uh, a government that's accountable. Uh, preserve our constitutional freedoms. Hold Washington accountable. See, that's the thing that you you got to realize, that if the Republicans take over the House and the Senate, they will now be the ones that keep an eye on all these agencies and call these heads of, of these agencies like Mayorkas and others before these committees and say, okay, why are you doing this? All right? They'll, they'll be doing that as well. And then last do not, restore the people's voice in social tre- uh, special treatment for members of Congress by repealing proxy voting and increase accountability in the election process through voter ID, accurate voter rolls, and observer access. So that you're gonna that this is possible. I've got it a day early, all right? You can go to commitmenttoamerica.com and see what what the Republicans have planned for you. And we just had the Congressman Westerman on. He helped write this stuff. He did a good job. You know, I'm really proud of him. He's He's not one of those persons, and it's just like Senator Bozeman. They don't stand up on their chairs and scream and holler and, and complain. They get things done. And uh, Senator Bozeman has done a, a great job. I'm going to start the interview with him a little bit early. We'll take a break and come back and finish it up. But, uh, Senator, it's, 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 it's great to have you here. It's so good to have you here yeah. and uh, to have some uh, normal people up here that to visit with. Uh, as opposed to what we're used to dealing with in Washington. Well, you know, I'm glad that we're like two blocks away from the Capitol, so I don't get, I don't have to put up with the swamp smell. Right, right, right. And I'll be where I'm at. But the bottom line is, uh, it is fun to be here because people like you, uh, of course, before it's all over with, Congressman Hill, Congressman Westerman, Congressman Gonzalez, and Senator Cotton are all going to be on talking about issues that are really affecting yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, and that's a great group of people to yeah, you guys are to great talk guys. About, uh, talk about, as you say, actually getting some things done in the future. I was having dinner Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night, getting ready for my broadcast on Wednesday. And I'm sitting around with a bunch of my buddies that are in talk radio, and every one of them said that they liked this senator called Bozeman because he got things done. We appreciate that. We work really hard to do that, and that's really what it what it's all about. You know, you can I chased athletics really hard up into my early twenties. Had great coaches, and uh, 
almost all of them, uh, like I say, didn't rant and yell and scream. They actually uh, got a game plan together, executed it, and, and got some things done. And that's what we're really working on right now with this with this next election, is making sure that we've got the majority. And really, there's so many things that are important in that regard. We're going to have enough people. We're going to win the House. We're going to win the Senate. I think we've got an excellent chance of doing that. But besides blocking legislation that's bad, the other thing that's so important is getting the gavel so that, as you said earlier, you can drag these people down here and say, Absolutely. what are you doing? You know, what, what's the logic behind this? Uh, why is the, the border in the situation that it's in now uh, under your leadership? Uh, you know, all Prom- of those Promise things. me something. If you guys take over the Senate... The house is take. Whoops, the house is the house is taken over by the. Uh, I just turned the, turn the water over. It's just kind of a. That's all right. It's no big deal. But the bottom line is, promise me that you guys will impeach me, Orcus. I Tell think there's. I think there's. Take us that you're going to get rid of that I, I, idiot. I think there's an excellent chance of doing that. You know, you look at the border. You look at the fact that we've got. Uh, I think over 4 million people now have crossed the border illegally Incredible! in the last couple of years, which is truly incredible. People forget that, that President Trump really inherited a mess on the border. I was actually the, the chair of the Homeland Security Subcommittee on Appropriations that controlled the, the uh, Border Patrol's budget. Right. So I had the opportunity to spend a lot of time with the border agents. These are wonderful people that do a tremendous job. And uh, right now, instead of doing their job, they're having to babysit. They're having to do everything they're else. paper pushers. Exactly. And so the other problem, Dave, is we know that, that four million have crossed. If there are four million have been apprehended, Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands have been able to, to go, you know, just to get by, uh, you know. And because guess what? Of the they fact- don't want to be caught. They're not the ones that are walking across the border and say, hey, I'm an illegal. No. You know, help me get into America. And, and the other thing you have to remember is the border is secure on the Mexican side. You don't go across the border unless you pay a cartel off. Right. And so this is a huge cash cow from them. And then, again, this contributes to the fentanyl and all the other stuff coming across. So it's an absolute mess. I was talking to the sheriffs yesterday there in Arizona and Cochise and Pinal counties, and they said they have never seen the drugs that they're seeing now right. coming across the border. Right. They're not. They're seeing people, of course, but they're seeing more drugs in the Arizona area than anywhere else. I was with Tom yesterday, Senator Cotton. And we were visiting with a group. One of the points that he made, which which we all know is true, somebody said about overdoses from fentanyl. The point he made was nobody overdoses from fentanyl. That's not a drug that you take. It's a drug that some drug dealer dusted has mixed everything in. with. Yeah, you know, and so it's not it's not an overdose. It's murder. I mean, literally, the people that are. Yeah, combining this to the point that you take the pill and then die as a result of it because it's so powerful. Uh, like I say, that's not an overdose. That's somebody killing you. All right, we got to take a break, and then we'll be back. As I keep asking you, if a foreign nation dropped a bomb on one of our bigger cities and killed 100,000 Americans, what would we do? 
Well, we're not doing anything, then. They're killing 100,000 Americans every year right now using a drug called fentanyl. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Think, and think about that. Think about that. We'll talk more with the senator in just a moment. It's Dave Ellswick's show live in Washington, D.C. Hold your feet to the fire. We've got Bill O'Reilly and then more back in Washington, D.C. And uh, the Dave Ellswick show, we're live from Washington. If you just joined us, if you didn't hear the show yesterday, go back uh, to my Facebook page and listen to it. Lots of great interviews yesterday about what's going on the border. Lots of good interviews today. We started off with uh, uh, the ranchers from down in, in uh, Arizona talking about a, a man whose, whose family has owned the same farm, not farm, it's a ranch, 127 years. And he has said he's been there for half that time, as he likes to say. I've never seen it this bad. Now, you've been down on the border a lot, Senator. Senator John Bozeman has joined us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Do you feel the same way? Is it like this is just beyond compare? Yeah, very definitely. I, I did have the opportunity, do have the opportunity to go down there, but especially when I was chair of the uh, Appropriations Committee that had their budget. And so not only going there, but talking a lot with the, uh, the border agents. They're the ones that are doing the work. They're the, they're the, tip, of the tip of the spear. They're wonderful people, but they are overwhelmed. And it's so irritating. You know, you've got hundreds of thousands of people a month coming across the border. And then you've got a situation where, you know, the uh, governor of Texas, you know, governor of Florida, Deposits fifty, you know, someplace. Yeah, Ducey has and, even gotten started yeah, into this. They're too, ready, from Arizona. Well, they're ready to call out the National Guard. Oh, yeah, fifty so people. Yeah. You can imagine it, it is a it's a crisis in every sense of the world. The word it's a humanitarian crisis. It's a national security crisis because uh, a certain percentage of these people are, are bad actors. Many of them are just people that want a, a better life. But uh, we're a nation of laws. And there's so many, there's like 4 million people in line that are doing it the right way. It'll take them maybe 10 years, you know, to, to do citizenship. The other thing we have to remember, we actually naturalize a million people a year. So it's not like we don't do anything regarding immigration, things like this. We're blessed. We're the greatest, freest country the world's ever known. And everybody wants to be here. But we do have to, citizenship has to mean something. And, and this administration doesn't doesn't take that into account. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, the people, many of the people who come to this country only come about what they've heard they can get out of this country, and that's not the reason you should be coming to America. I agree that it's a land of opportunity. It shouldn't be the land of free handouts. No, that's exactly right. And like I say, you know, you've got four million people that are doing it the right way. When you visit with, with people that uh, have done it the right way, that have been naturalized and things like that, uh, they're some of the most uh, vehemently opposed to what's going on in the on the board. Yeah. And so, it's, you know, it's like standing in line at McDonald's and somebody butts to the front. So we're, we're in a situation now where not only are they coming across under the Trump administration in the past, many of these have been pushed back into Mexico. Under this new policy, you know, with with President Biden, uh, 
you know, there. You mean he's got a policy? He really has a policy? <laughs> I, I've wondered about this. Well, it's bad policy. Okay, yeah, terrible but, policy. But again, man. you know, under this, these folks are staying. They're they're being told, you know, <laughs> show up in court, you know, at a given day. Maybe the problem is there's probably I, I don't know what it is. When I was doing this several years ago, there's 500,000 backlog. It's got to be well over a million now. So uh, that's going to take years and years and years and years to work through. And President Trump tried to do something about that by putting more judges into that. But as they put, and, you know, we're talking to ranchers. They said, we see hundreds a day now come across the border. When under President Trump, we saw six a month. Right. I mean, it's just extra. If you extrapolate it out, it's scary. Right. Well, what he did was again start building the wall, and what that does, you do that in populated areas. What you're trying to do is push. You know, it's it's easy if the area is very populated. You run across the border, and then you're in a crowd. It's hard to extract people. Right. So it's pushing them out. You know, where they can respond. Biggest cost of building the wall is building the roads. And you have to have good roads so people can respond, the Border Patrol. And then you get the sensors and you get some fencing. What's happened in the areas that you have good fencing is property values have skyrocketed up. Because well, you don't have you're to, buying land. You don't have to worry about all of this stuff going on. You know, right. Or, or as you, you describe these ranchers, you, know, you get into these areas where you have good border security. And there are a few of those with good good wall structure. Then again, it's uh, not only are you keeping people out that don't belong here, but also you're making it such that uh, you're protecting those property rights. And, and as a result, it's great for the economy. Well, good. We need some good news we about need the some economy, good, don't we? Well, the problem is, though, you know, President Biden is not building wall, you know, yeah. just the opposite. So, Yeah, he's storing it and letting it rust. Exactly. And that's what Biden does, exactly, exactly. what he's been doing. And uh, you know, There's I've no been, excuse for it, and yeah. there's no logic to it. I've been covering this since the Bush administration, and I, I thought that it couldn't get worse than when Bush was in office. It was bad then. Remember when he put, he put the National Guard down on the border, but he wouldn't let them load their rifles? Right. I still think about that, and it, it, it boggles my mind. You and know, I was down there in, where, in King Anvil Ranch in Arizona where they were coming across by the tens of thousands a month. Right. Well, now it's by the hundreds of thousands. Yes, so I know. When you, when you make the comparison, I, I agree. You know, we felt like things were totally out of control then. Yes. There's no comparison to what we what we saw then as compared to now. Right. And yet President Biden refuses to do anything. All right. So I'm going to ask the question that people always put to me. Okay, Dave, so what are the Republicans going to do if they get in power? So, well, Senator, it's to you. In regard in regard to the border, they'll continue the, the, the policy that President Trump instituted. You keep people in Mexico until they're adjudicated. Well, they're supposed to do that. You don't. You don't come when you come to ask for amnesty. You're supposed to ask in the country that first one that you're going to come to. You don't. Every, I, I put it this way: not everybody gets a Willy Wonka gold ticket to America. Right. No, you're you're exactly right. So you get back to this policy, which which we're not doing, don't want to do right now under the Biden administration. People aren't going to come if they know that it's going to take them years. You know, to stay in the adjacent country. So you do that. You do continue the fencing. 
you continue the road work so that people, you know, Border Patrol can do their job, right? You get sensors up, you know, things like that. You don't do, you know, the other thing that that Biden has done is reverse the policy where if you're going to be a drag on, on the American society as you become, you know, naturalized. Uh, they've reversed that and said, you know, it's okay to draw food stamps and all those yep. kind of things. So, I thought that that was illegal. I thought it was illegal for illegal immigrants to get government assistance. Well, it is, <laughs> but it's not. I mean, you know, yeah, it's just, I understand these, what you're these saying. Are, these are crazy things. Yeah. But what that does, all of this, Dave, is, is it's an incentive to get more people here. And, and, you know, people are licking their lips and saying, you know, I can go to America and, and just kind of hang out. So whatever situation that we do regarding getting things straight in the future, whether it's a strong visa program or whatever system you put in place, you can't do that till you secure the border. Because, you know, if you're not obeying the law and you're going to be lawless, no matter what you agree to, it's not going to work because they're going to continue to flood over. So it's so important for lots of different reasons. Well, Senator, I know you feel the same way. I'll welcome you to my nation if you come in legally, but if the first thing you do is break the law to come to America, I don't want you here. Well, that's exactly right. And, again, we have to remember, you know, we do have a process yes. of doing that a million a year. We naturalize more people every year in the right way than the rest of the world put together. We're great at assimilating people to a point, but there is a point. You have to do it the right way. You have to get the people in here that, uh, that again, you have some knowledge and things going through the naturalization process. Uh, but but we're being totally overwhelmed, as, as the entire country knows right now. Senator John Bozeman, my special guest, live in D.C. We'll be back. We've got more to talk about. We'll finish up the interview here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. This is the 15th Hold Your Feet to the Fire. I've been to 13th. I haven't been to the last two. Last, uh, last year it was COVID. The year before that I had an operation on my foot. So between those two, I missed them. But coming back and seeing a lot of the same people uh, that I see year after year after year fighting uh, this, you know, illegal immigration is amazing to me that we seem to take three steps forward and then the Democrats get into power again and we take eight steps backwards. Because I look at what's happening now, uh, Senator Senator John Bozeman, our guest, uh, and I wonder how long will it take us to heal from what's going on now with the Biden administration? Well, you've had good excuses for not being here the last couple of years, yeah. but we're glad you're back. And, I'm glad to be here. And uh, and we appreciate the fact that you're talking about these kind of issues. And th- that's how you change things, is helping the public understand exactly what's going on. Well, we've we, changed things in Arkansas, well, haven't we? <laughs> exactly. No, that's exactly right. But also, the you know, really the mess that is on the border. And so that's going to take getting the, getting the gavels, you know, changing the House, changing the Senate, dragging these people up before Congress, swearing them in, and then asking them the tough questions. You know, what authority do you have doing these things? And, uh, you know, what is this policy leading to? So, you know, we're moving in the right direction. 
Uh, but the Biden administration, basically, he's doing what he wants to do. Or somebody's directing him to do what he yeah, wants to do. Yeah, we don't know. Okay, that's, I don't have any kind of insight into that. I don't think anybody does. That's yeah. the major question I get asked is who's actually running the show. I, ta- I talked to, to Congressman Westerman, and he says this. I believe what he's saying. It's the most inept White House I have ever seen. Well, they're inept in one way, in the sense of actually doing good for the American public. They're very apt in the sense of just doing, you know, they are putting a bunch of policies in place. They're totally wrong policies. They're moving us in the wrong direction. And this is what's led to inflation, the chaos on the border, and the list goes on and on. Boy, Federal Reserve put a damper on on Wall Street yesterday, didn't they? They did. And again, you know, because of the fact that that we're at, uh, you know, eight and a half percent inflation, really inflation is much higher than that. Yes, it is. For what the average person uses, I think food is at 13 percent or something like that. But but you take individual aspects of that, eggs and things like that, that's much higher. Uh, Electricity higher is, is increased dramatically. Uh, gasoline has increased, and it's going to increase more uh, as we get into the next. Last hour, I was warning people about that. Yeah, you're exactly right. Because the president is artificially suppressing it right now, and Americans aren't traveling as much. That's yeah. another reason why we're doing what right. we're doing. Well, it's come down because Americans don't have the money yeah. to drive. I mean, that's, you know, which is the sad truth. But diesel... And heating oil, I, I think the next uh, baby formula crisis is going to be home heating oil in the Northeast. That tracks very much like diesel. It's, it's almost the same thing. And I think we're going to have shortage. I think we're going to have very, very high prices. They're uh, saying $5 a gallon more expensive. Well, I Can was you with, imagine what it's going to be like heating your home up in the Northeast? No. I, no. I was visiting with a, a bunch of uh, English parliamentarians. And their inflation right now is 12, 15 percent. They feel like it'll be over 20 percent shortly after the first of the year. And and to the point now when they talk to their constituencies, and this is true of a lot of people I talk to in Arkansas, and I'm out and about as much as anybody, people now are making really tough choices, you know, in the sense of what they're buying. In Britain right now, they're making the choice, you know, do I stay warm or do I eat? Yeah. So these are these are for real things, and uh, we simply have to reverse the policies that are causing that. In the case of inflation, the underlying cause is really two things. It's, it's the federal government, it's everybody spending way too much money, okay? And again, that's diluting the money supply and making it not work as much. Along with that is terrible energy policy. We all remember that the first thing the president did when he got elected was cut off the Keystone XL pipeline, which was much of that was made in Little Rock. Cost us many, many jobs. Uh, Besides, you know, the fact that that energy wasn't available. And so you drive up, you drive up gasoline, you drive up diesel. That really is the basis of so much cost. Because everything is transported. Here's what's interesting. People go, well, gas prices have come down, Dave. Well, yeah, they have, but they're still 25% higher than they were last year. No, that, that's exactly that's right. That's eating it's, at everything it, you're saving. And that's begging the, begging the Venezuelans, yes. begging the Saudis you know, to produce more. 
and it makes no sense at all. Right now, no one in the world does a better job than we do as far as producing energy in an environmentally sensitive way. That's correct. And I'm for using it all, okay? I don't care what it is, coal, uh, gas, oil. Uh, when hydropower, wind, sun. solar, all no, all of these things are fine. Uh, on the other hand, if you don't produce it and then you go ask Venezuela to produce more, there's no way that they're doing it in a climate friendly way as we do. It makes yeah. plus we lose that wealth. You know, it's going to them versus coming out of our country. Okay, now it, I know crazy. you don't talk to Governor Newsom probably <laughs> on a regular basis, but I have to ask you a question. What do you think about this craziness of we're going to get rid of all internal combustion engine cars by uh, 2035? No, How are crazy. they going to do it? I mean, they, they're, they've got rolling blackouts going now. They're telling people they got electric cars, don't plug them in. Right. Well, when I visit with the, the people that produce the power in Arkansas, they tell me that if, if 30% of our Kansans had electric vehicles that the grid would fry. It just wouldn't work, okay? So you've got those problems to deal with. There's no way that we have the rare earth minerals that it takes to make the batteries, you know, and and all of those kind of problems. The other problem is, you know, disposing of the batteries and things. So, uh, and you're, you know, Dave, you're not going to, you're talking about, you know, earlier about getting to go on vacation to Panama. You're not going to jump in a car that every two hours you have to pull over. Yeah, I can't you know. wait for those days. <laughs> no, I, I hate mean, stopping yeah. at the filling you're station. Talking about, you're talking about an extra day, you know, and getting yes. in there. You know? So running around town, fine. You know, and we're seeing that now, and that's fine. You know? But, no, you know, most people are not going to do that. It's not efficient. It's, it's crazy. All right. Some of the other talk show hosts have been coming over and and peeking at you, so I, I bet you you don't get out of here without somebody asking you to come on the air. Sarah, are you ready for this? You're going to need a stick to beat them off. Yeah. You realize that, right? That's because you're such a popular well, they, guy. Well, they know. They know you. I mean, I talk about you. I talk very, very positively about you. And you do the job. You know, you know look, I like Marjorie Green as much as anybody. But what has she gotten really done? Zip. That's what she's gotten done. You don't get up and yell and holler and scream, but you get tons of stuff done. That's the key. You know how, how to do it. Well, we appreciate that. You know, I was blessed in uh, thought athletics. I had great coaches, and they taught me you put a game plan together, you execute, uh, you, you get after people you yeah. know, in the sense of, of, you know, putting that plan together, making it all work. And at the end of the day, you have success. You don't do that at game time just by yelling on the side. Yeah, they so, did. But we, we my know. coaches, if you ran the wrong route, they'd meet you on the sideline and grab your face mask. <laughs> Start shaking I've had your several head. Of those, <laughs> we're blessed. We're, you know, we have a wonderful state, and uh, I, I'm really looking forward to uh, Sarah. Sanders. Oh man, I can't take, tell you how excited I am. Really, about that her whole crew, you know, with the underlying. Cast, you know, our new attorney general, our new uh, lieutenant governor, and basically on. a new a state house and, and new senate. Yeah, and the people who are coming in are much more conservative than the ones that are leaving. Well, they're like you're saying; they're anxious to solve problems. Yes, 
in Arkansas, we are blessed. We've got a wonderful state. We've got issues that we have to deal with. Crime yep. is a significant problem in Arkansas. Now, come on back to Little Rock, you know. Just don't wear a bullseye on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Senator, thanks so much. Thank you so it's much for having me. It's always a pleasure to have you come on the show. And thank you for taking the time to be here. I think that makes a real statement to your listeners and people in Washington, you know, that, that how important uh, it is to get the message out concerning Well, the message is out. I think my listeners are pretty well up to date on all of that, and that's important for them to be. All right, we've got to take a break. Ira Melman's going to be with us from FAIR when we come back. Stick around. News on its way here on the Dave Ellswick Show, live from Washington, D.C., 101.1 FM, The Answer. from the border on in uh, in Arizona you've heard you've heard all these people already and they all have the same message for you the border is out of control it's out of control I'm gonna bring on somebody right now who will uh, jump right on that as well Ira Melman is with us typically when I talk about uh, the border and I'm gonna have a guest on from fair Iris my first uh, my first person i choose from he's out in northwest yep seattle yeah doing his i don't know what look don't ask me write him a personal email why <laughs> my he wife wants to live my wife made me blues. <laughs> my wife made me i don't know why he did it but he does i asked lars larson the same question why i understand you want to be a talk show host but why do it in portland oregon well, he, he actually lives across the border in Washington State. It's a great place to live there. No state income tax in Washington, no sales tax in Oregon. Oh, okay. Well, then that makes sense. Okay. He ne- he's never told me that. So, the, And he does his show from his house. The company built him a studio. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking over at my GM going, hint, hint. But no, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> he's fine. Anyway, let's, let's get to what we, we have you here. You've been at every one of these since Roger uh, Hedgecock basically gave birth to hold their feet to the fire. I've been at every one except the last two. And I uh, had surgery on my foot and then, of course, COVID last year. It's good to be back. It's amazing how much information that you all share here. And it's amazing how much you share. But i got to ask, Ira, things were moving in the right direction under Trump. You may not like Trump. You might think that he's a horse's patoot as far as the way he is. But you can't argue with his policies. His policy on the border was a winning policy. And what did the, the latest president do? First thing he did when he sat down. By executive orders, got rid of all the things that President Trump did. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, the the last full year of the Trump administration, there were 400 and about a little over 400,000 border encounters. That's how many people the Border Patrol encountered coming across that border illegally. This year, we will be well over 2 million. That is a five-fold increase in just 18 months. And this is deliberate. This isn't incompetence on the part of this administration. This may be the only policy they're actually carrying out competently, but to the great detriment of the American public. They came with the, in with the intent of taking a wrecking ball to our border enforcement policies, to our immigration enforcement policies. I, you know, I don't have any proof, but I suspect that, you know, the... Far you have left. a strong feeling. I have though. a strong feeling. The, 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 the far left of the Democratic Party was not pleased with Joe Biden being the, the nominee, and he had to cut some deals to get them to the polls back in November of 2020. And one of the issues he probably handed them was immigration. And he put Alejandro Mayorkas, a, a longtime ideologue on this issue, in charge of our immigration policy, and we're seeing the results every day. All right. So we're watching this happen in real time. Right in front of us, the the uh, administration says, "Don't believe your lying eyes." Right, it, the border is secure. The border is secure. It's, it, it's incredible. It, it is. I mean, they they can get away with just saying things that are patently false. I mean, Kamala Harris, who said just about a week and a half ago on Meet the Press, the border is secure. Even Chuck Todd. You know, NBC. NBC is not exactly you know Fox. It's not exactly Fox News, <laughs> and even he was incredulous. Madam, there's more than two million people coming across that border this year. The border is the secure. Border, she border secure. Again. Yeah. She doubled down on it. Yes. The problem is we haven't given everybody amnesty. Somehow that's going to create a secure border. I have no idea how. Uh, you'd have to ask her. Maybe. You know, she was invited. Yeah. Here. <laughs> I would have loved she, to see her. Here. She she didn't I, she didn't be, respond. She'd be a requested guest. Yes. I'll tell you that. I did. I'd request her to come over and give us a half hour. It, it, it is. It, and you know, you know, we're joking. But in in the past, there used to be people, and you know, even people who disagreed with us would come on and explain their point yes. of view. We, we seem to be beyond that here in this country. We just, you know, we don't talk to each other anymore. Yeah. Well, now there, everybody seems to be an ideologue, and I can, I can. But, you know, there's some things that you just got to fight over. You know, that it's got to be it's got to be changed. I mean, I look at who was it that was talking. I think it was uh, Tom Holman that was saying to me what the Republicans need to do is not come to any of the meetings that are held by the Democrats until they get serious about this issue. Uh, you know, I, I don't. That's his opinion. I, I don't know whether it pays to not talk to to the Democrats. Look, I mean, they are in power right now. Yeah. Uh, and even after the election, you know, they're certainly going to hold the executive branch of They'll government. They'll hold the White House. And so, look, you you've got to talk to people even who they disagree with you. But we also have to be very clear that that border needs to be brought under control. This is a danger to the country. You know, we were talking a little while ago about, you know, not just people coming across, but deadly drugs. We have a fentanyl crisis in this country. The Centers for Disease Control has said that the opioid crisis is a national health emergency. Where is it coming from? It's coming across the border. The chemicals are manufactured in China. They're shipped across the Pacific to, to Mexico. They're stamped into little pills, and they're brought across the border by the same criminal cartels that are bringing in millions of migrants. Now, that now pills that look like candy for kids. Yeah. 
and, and the migrants themselves have become decoys. They will send across a group of migrants, especially if there are kids there. The Border Patrol has to go and deal with them. And a few miles down the road, they're bringing in fentanyl and other deadly drugs that are making it to every community in the United States. I mean, I know, I know Arkansas has a huge problem with opioids. Yes. You know, a lot of that is coming, most of it is coming across that southern border. Well, as, as uh, you know, Senator Bozeman said, and he agreed with me, I said, what if a foreign nation flew 100,000 drug overdoses last year? Our young people are at risk. And some country flew over America and dropped a bomb on one of our cities and killed 100,000 people. How do you think this country would react? And yet that's exactly what's happening, and we don't react at all the same way. No, uh, we don't. I mean, and obviously it's not quite analogous. You know, there, there is some culpability on the part of the people who are taking opioids. Oh, yes. Uh, but, you know, that said, it, it is being supplied by our adversaries, China. Uh, and Mexico, which has traditionally not been very cooperative in border issues and other things that are important to Too us. Too much money to be had. The, exactly. I mean, this is the criminal cartels are making a fortune and enabled by the Biden administration's policies. You know, he, I guess for the criminal cartels, Joe Biden would be considered the employee of the month every month. Yes. Yeah, as far as cartels are concerned, he would be. So, so what do we do? I, I mean... We have a shot here in November to taking over the House, maybe the Senate. But still, that's only, you know, the, the, the legislative branch of the, you know, what we got. We've got some really good conservatives on the Supreme Court and, uh, you know, in some of the other courts across the country. But we have a man that's calling shots in the White House. I mean, can we stop him if we have the purse strings? You, you know, that it, it will help. But, you know, what is really worrisome is that you have a president who came to office and decided he didn't like the laws of this country. He didn't like the immigration laws. And he's simply not going to enforce them. And he and, doesn't like Republicans. Right. He doesn't. But that's fine. A lot of people don't like the Republicans. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the... He, he swore to uphold the Constitution. We have duly enacted immigration laws. He has decided he is not going to enforce them. And that, you know, that undermines the very basis of our constitutional republic. If a president can come into office and pick and choose which laws he chooses to enforce, that leads us down the road to dictatorship in four-year increments. That, you know, we no longer have a constitutional republic. We have a president who comes in, signs executive orders, and that's how the country is run for four years. That is not what our founding fathers no, had in mind. No, it is not. You are absolutely correct. And I've talked about this. It worries me terribly because, you know, you elect somebody, they walk in, and they totally wipe the slate clean of what the previous administration has done. Now, I'm not saying that every one of their decisions were right, but just to, as Obama so aptly put it when he was in, I've got a, a cell phone and a pen. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but this isn't even the policies of the previous administration. He is ignoring laws, duly enacted statutes in the United States. That is where we're getting to the area of, of worry. Because, look, I mean, even if you agree with President Biden's policies on immigration and the border, 
the way he's going about it opens the door for any subsequent president to simply say, well, you know, I don't like the environmental laws. I don't like this set of laws. I'm just going to ignore them and do what I want to do. That is the hallmark of a dictatorship, not a democracy. Yeah, they look at the Supreme Court says no. So what? Right. He has openly defied court rulings. Uh, it was on the Remain Mexico policy, on other policies. You know, he just drags his feet. So, you know, they'll do the absolute minimum, but they're certainly not complying with the spirit of the law or the spirit of these judicial rulings. All right. This is a part of the argument that Ira brings to the table that is also... You, you need to listen closely to it. He's warning you about what the future may bring. Yeah, and it's not not one that I want to see the, this country go in. Yeah, I don't worry about myself. I say this on the air and say it again. Right. I We're don't all... worry about myself. I'll take a dirt nap before this all comes to a final cap. Yeah. But I worry about my children, and I definitely worry about my grandchildren. Yeah. I, I worry about my kids also. It, it's, you know, look at the country we're handing them. Yeah. What is it? It's, is it? Is it going to be the same country? I don't believe it no, will be. It, no, it's never going to be the same country. You know, our, the country our parents handed to us wasn't this, the same country. But, you know, it, 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 we're undermining the very foundation of this country right now, and, and that is worrisome. You know, times change, people change, policies change. Uh, but, you know, the fundamentals have remained in place now since the founding of this nation. Yes. And they are solid foundations, and we're really undermining those. Ira Melman's my guest. He'll be with us for one more segment. Don't go anywhere. It's 18 minutes after the hour. The Dave Ellswick Show live in Washington, D.C. 101.1 FM, The Answer. Let's continue. 21 minutes after, after uh, 8 o'clock, where you're at. 21 minutes after 9, where I'm at. I'm in Washington, D.C., and about two blocks from the Capitol. I got to tell you, I, I sent a picture to a lot of the people at the radio station. A beautiful sight is to stand on top of the building that we're at. And you look out towards the Capitol, and the American flag is flying, and you can see the Capitol all lit up against the, the dark sky. That makes me feel good. But I don't feel so good about what's going on inside that <laughs> Capitol. I, it worries me. It just worries me badly. I, I talk about it. My wife asks me questions, and she'll say, what's wrong? And I go, have you seen what those idiots are doing? <laughs> you know, I, I worry about our country. I really, I didn't serve in the Air Force to give it up to a bunch of idiots. Right. I, I think we all do. I, I, look, all it takes is a little bit of common sense on, on pretty much all of these issues. Uh, you know, this is not rocket science. We, we, we understand what, you know, is creating a lot of the problems, what's creating the open border, why we have inflation, um, you know, why our adversaries around the world think we are weak. All of these things are easy to figure out, and it shouldn't be that hard to simply say, you know what, we're going to stop doing what we're doing and do something else that might send a, a stronger message to people around the world, whether it is adversaries that are challenging us on the world stage or people contemplating coming to across that border illegally. You know, they respond to the messages that we send. Yes, And they right do. now, the rest of the world is responding to the stupid messages we're sending. Well, they're they're responding to a president that projects weakness. And yes, they, on every front. Yes, and they, they're definitely responding to that. So let me go back, Ira, with something that you were talking about, and that is not following the law. Courts telling the president that what you're doing 
is unconstitutional, but yet he continues to do it or drags his feet and just kind of lets them play out anyway. I, I've had on Senator Bozeman, and I talked to Robert Rector about this. If I remember correctly, illegal immigrants were not supposed to be able to tap into our social networking. And by that, I'm talking about food stamps and everything else. And, you know, they all agree. And then I said, then why are they doing it? Why are they being paid this money? And nobody has an answer. Again, it's people just totally ignoring what the laws are. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, some of it is because a lot of them are coming with kids. We, you know, we as a nation, we're not going to allow kids not to eat or to go to school. Uh, but all those things are all avoidable. If they're not here in the first place, then we don't have to worry about that, which is right. precisely why we need to focus on controlling the border and deterring people from coming. You know, what um, President Trump did was really deter people from coming. He sent a message that if you make it across that border, we're going to put you back. We're not going, unless you have a solid claim for political asylum, we are not going to allow you to enter. And what happened was people responded rationally. Nobody puts their lives, their life savings, their kids' lives in the hands of criminal cartels to get them here if they don't believe that they're going to succeed. Right now, the perception is if you get here, especially if you have kids in tow, you're going to be let in, that you're going to, you know, be bused to some place in the country. Eric Adams in New York is going to give you a room at a fancy hotel in midtown Manhattan. Uh, you know, they're not imagining this. This is really happening. And so we're seeing the results. More and more come. Now, I want you to think about this. But Robert Rector said, I had him here from the Heritage Foundation. I love Robert because he's able to break down costs and things of that nature so people can understand. He said that an average family of illegal immigrants come in a couple couple kids, a wife, a husband, are costing the American taxpayer about sixty to sixty five thousand dollars a year. He said to put that into uh, understandable language, that means a two dollar a gallon gas tax and every time you fill up, you're paying two dollars on every gallon and that's going to take care of you know the illegals. Right, right. I mean, that, that's exactly what it's at. You know, we have done estimates that illegal immigration now costs the American taxpayer about $143 billion a year. And now, with the additional illegal aliens who have entered under Joe Biden, that adds another $20 billion. So we're up to $160 billion Good plus God. a year for the needs of uh, illegal aliens and their dependents here in the United States. We're paying for it. It's not going to stop. Um, until the president decides that he wants to stop it. Yeah, flooding doesn't stop until you turn off the spigot. Yeah, it, it and it just goes on and on. And again, you know, we talked about the, this is a deliberate policy on the part of this administration. And the American taxpayers, the American public is paying for it in countless different ways. So i got to ask you, how do you keep going? I mean, you make three steps forward under Trump, now we're five steps back under yeah. Biden. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's difficult some days. You, you just come in and see that what they've done next. You, you know, you, every time you think they have gone as far as they can go, they go a step further. You know, we just have to keep fighting because, I mean, what, what choice do we have? Uh, you know, if you give up, uh, and I suppose that's part of their, their plan, is just keep going until people finally give up and decide this is just how life is and I have to accept it. We don't have to accept it. 
you know, we are still in charge. It's still a, a democracy, and we have a voice in this. All right. I don't typically do this, but I'm going to do it today. FairUS.org is your all's uh, uh, address. Can you go there and make a, a, a donation if you want to help the cause? A- absolutely. You can make a donation. You can get involved. There are all sorts of ways that you can make your voice heard. And that really, you know, we we started doing this back in 2007 when George W. Bush was pushing an amnesty. Yep. And it was really an event like this that stopped it. You know, we shut down the switchboard at the Capitol uh, when it came up for vote, and it failed. So, you know, the voice of the American people, it's, you know, it's getting dimmer and dimmer. They're, they're listening less and less, but it still has to be heard, especially, you know, we're, what, like six weeks out from an election day? Yeah. They have to listen. Yeah, the bottom line is very, very simple. you got to keep fighting. Right. You we, can't give up. you got to keep fighting. Right. We have. We don't have a, a choice. We, we have to. Yeah. If not, lose your country. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, pretty stark right. uh, argument there. And, and that's, usually, that's usually when people get serious. When they recognize that there is real peril around the corner, that's when they start sit up and start paying attention. I agree. Ira, it's always a pleasure, brother. Thank you for Good coming. To see you. I haven't seen you in, in a couple of years, so it's great to to, to find everybody again and sit down and find what you've been up to. And new digs here. Yeah, these are great being up here. I'm hearing, I was talking to Bob. Now, Bob Dane, who uh, is one of the big wigs, as I like to say, on the air, uh, he's looking to retire in December, but uh, he says that he's going to keep running this particular uh, deal. And he said that they hope that next year they'll have enough hosts here that uh, the, the floor under us will be all talk show hosts, too. Okay. Uh, looking forward to It'd that, be too. be like 120 different stations. That would yeah. be fantastic. It would. it would. It really would be. Thanks for coming by. Thank by you. Ira, and, and giving us the time. Uh, Dave Ellswick Show live from Washington, D.C. Good to have you with us. Stick around. we got more. we got Frontline coming in just a moment. Back with you. We're, we're sitting here. I'm looking at all the different uh, IDs that uh, our guest, Ben Bergwam has. He's with Frontline. You've heard of Frontline. I, I know Frontline from, you know, PBS. and Different, different Frontline, though. Oh, is that different? Different Frontline, okay. yeah. Frontline America. Okay. Fr- this is Frontline America. But yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't tell the stories that we tell, unfortunately. I agree with that. Yeah. That's why I was kind of shocked when i saw frontline i thought really they're doing this kind of stuff That's no they they gonna... would do it from the perspective of uh what's coming out of washington dc unfortunately yeah. which is uh, an absolute lie all right well that's no lie that's the truth i had tom on yesterday and uh holman and he was talking about it and i'm just telling you it's bad i come here and i think it's bad but after i've been here two days i know it's much worse than what I ever thought. So you're out covering the stories that nobody else wants to talk about. You have, I don't know how big that that piece that you have is, but this is, you said, the illegal IDs that you've been able to collect down in Del Rio and those areas. Yeah, this is a small uh, smattering of the IDs we've gotten. I've got hundreds of these bags of them uh, from the Mexico side and all along the border. One of the the first places I really started seeing it in large numbers was in the Mexico town of uh, uh, Acuna, right across from Del Rio. 
And uh, when I first saw it, I thought, what the heck's going on here? Why would people dump their IDs? You know, I, if I lost my passport, I'd freak out. Yeah. Why, why are people ripping up and burning their passports? Because so they don't want them to really know who they are. Well, that's what we found out. We uh, started interviewing people as they came, and what they told us is they were told they were basically coached by leftist organizations, the same ones that are operating in America that we're paying for, uh, helping run this, the United Nations, as well as all of these so-called non-governmental organizations like Catholic Charities and uh, Lutheran Charities and these other ones, uh, that if they come in as a family unit, they'll have an easier time of coming in. And if they have a criminal past or if they have any sort of history, uh, they don't want Americans to know that, then they make up whatever name they want. So unless they show up on Interpol or unless they've been arrested in America, uh, they can say whoever they want. They can make up any name they want. They can make up any, uh, any date of birth, any past history. They can say they're married to... To Susie, who they picked up in Guatemala, they can say their kid that they bought in Mexico belongs to them, and there's nothing really Border Patrol can do because we've quit doing biometric testing. They right. were sued by the ACLU and these same leftist groups that are inviting the invasion uh, from doing the things that we should be doing to, to know who these people are. Explain biometric testing. Well, uh, blood tests to see DNA, but really fingerprints, I mean, really innocuous things like just taking fingerprints. That's uh, to see if you if you show up on a database. Um, if, if like, like what we give to the police, if absolutely. we want to have a uh, a concealed carry, absolutely, license. absolutely. But but the bigger one is is DNA. Uh, and again, you don't have to do that through blood. You can do that through a mouth swab, correct? Uh, nose swab, anything. That one is the the one that they really don't like. The ACLU is sued against because it shows that many of these children that are being brought up don't belong to the parents that are they're coming with. Because they they look at what the parents' DNA is in the kids, and they can say, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And that, and the, the sad reality is, uh, in speaking to Border Patrol, the uh, last estimate that I had was that one-third, a minimum of one-third of the children that are being brought up don't belong to the adults that they're coming with. But, again, we don't know because we can't do the biometric testing to show if that number is actually closer to two-thirds, uh, half, whatever it is. The uh, moral of the story is it's bad. And as you said, every time I go down there, people ask me, how bad is it? And my answer is it's worse than you can imagine. It gets worse. It gets worse. It's worse than you can imagine, and it's worse every time I go. Every day yep. it gets worse. It's amazing to me. Like I, The first time that I came into really seeing what was going on was during the Bush administration. And I went down on the border in Arizona with the Minutemen. Yeah. And I broadcast from a week, for a week from down there. I couldn't believe my eyes. Yeah. Of course, now they would tell me, you can't believe your eyes. Yeah, I was just down, actually, in, uh, in the area, probably where you were at. Uh, there's a place south of Aravaca, south of Tucson, and it's uh, right between Sasabi and Nogales. And basically, it's yeah. run by the cartels. That's Really? Yeah, they they They've gotten that strong now. Border Patrol has been pulled out of those areas to deal with so all the all the IDs you see here are the examples of fake asylum seekers that we have coming across. They turn themselves in, request asylum, and and then they're sent in the United States. These are the distraction for the people that wear these, the carpet shoes that are running out in the desert. And these actually, I, just, I got. I just heard about this a couple of uh, segments ago. They wear these, and they don't leave any footprints. Yep, that's right. So it makes it more difficult to track them when they're running through the desert. And these are the guys that are carrying drugs uh, that have past criminal histories or are being trafficked by the cartels for sex trafficking or potentially terrorists. We know uh, around 70 so far this year, over 70, have been picked up that were on terrorist watch list. Though, guys, these are the ones... 
that that don't want to get caught. And in that area in particular, they call it no man's land. Uh, I was down there. We camped out for three days, did not see a single Border Patrol agent while we were down there. But what we did witness was heavily armed cartel members up on the uh, up on the tops of the mountains that control these routes. We had trail cams out there. I was with Tim Foley of Arizona Border Recon. Uh, He has trail cams out there that show the same trails that we were walking on. Uh, You've got armed cartel members bringing their drugs. And what we actually witnessed on one of the, the videos was it looked like a hostage, hands tied behind his back, walking on these trails. The worst part about it, though, again, it's controlled by the cartels, but on those same trail cams, on those same trails, we have leftist organizations that are down there providing food, water, clothing, hygiene. Uh, they're, they're, they do water drops, and they're out there, a group called No More Deaths out of Tucson. They're run by the United uh, the Unitarian Universalist Church out of Tucson, and then multiple other organizations that pretend like they're doing good, but all they're doing really is aiding the invasion of yeah, America. Yeah, do they not understand that? I think some of them are just completely ignorant to the reality of what's going on. But the people in, at the tops, they know exactly what they're doing. Uh, and we know that because we've interviewed some of the people that we catch that are going through these places. Right. And they have maps. Uh, they'll have a map from the Mex- uh, that, that shows them the water drops and the places to go to find. Like the No More Deaths actually has a camp set up where illegals can come. Uh, get showers, get food, get water, and then they move on to their next stop and get picked up uh, on their way to Tucson and then ultimately anywhere else in the country. Well, those maps come from the leftist NGOs. We asked them where they obtained them, and they said they actually got them from the cartel smuggler. So there's clear coordination between the organizations on the U.S. side and the cartels themselves. And our government is giving them money. That's right. Tucson, actually, the the county, Pima County, actually uh, helps fund the organization No More Deaths. But beyond that, these other organizations, the the fake charities that are running the it's the refugee resettlement programs all across America, uh, they are getting billions of dollars every single year of our tax dollars to really finish the smuggling for the cartels. All right. So who stops this funding? Is that Congress's yeah. responsibility? Yes. yes. So if the Republicans take over the House, we should be asking them to stop the funding. One hundred percent. We, and what we really have to do, well, first, President Trump showed how to fix it. Uh, we, it was the first president in my lifetime that actually went in and, and, and secured the border and showed how to secure it. We need a president to do that. But in the meantime, we have to stop funding the refugee resettlement program. That There should be a moratorium on that program entirely until it's either revamped or done away with because it has been so bastardized. Uh, they, they have used it. Basically, they used that program as a way to, in, to, to human traffic into America and, uh, and child trafficking and all the rest of it. So it's all connected to that refugee resettlement program. Uh, that needs to be defunded on day one when Congress gets in. Well, ben, if, we take, if we take it back. As soon as the Republicans take over the House again, hopefully the Senate, we need to get you in front of every committee that will listen to your voice. I'd happy, I'm happy to be there. All right. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll continue and finish up this interview. This is the one that will open your eyes. NGOs taking money uh, from our government that are facilitating these people coming illegally into our country, and now they're flooding into our country. That's right. So you can tell me how badly they're involved with the drug trade as well. We'll do that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you. we got about 12 minutes uh, left, and uh, Ben will be right back with us. He had to run over and, and do a, a quick hit, and then he'll come back to join us. i got some questions for him because he starts talking about these non-governmental organizations that are getting you know millions of dollars from our 
federal government to help uh, illegals cross across these deserts and stuff out west. And they got to know that they're facilitating, you know, bad things for our country. And I don't understand why we don't put a stop to it. And uh, I'll be bringing this up next week. I'll want to talk to to uh, Congressman French Hill and Congressman Westerman about this if they win the uh, the House back when they have to look at how they're going to fund these different organizations if they're going to shut these people down. Because it sounds like to me they got to shut them down. And then, uh, you know, we were just talking off the air, and, uh, you know, are the cartels, it was just talking about how they're in control down there in the, the southwest corner of Arizona, just north of Nogales, and they got control of it. We got one of the biggest military bases around down there. Why aren't we going out and, you know, stopping these people? And if and if they won't stop, why are we not erasing them? That that's my question. That's what our government is supposed to be doing. And something tells me there's something broke with more, uh, you know, Marikas and and the rest of them, and the the president and the vice president who says the border is secure. As you listen to these people, it's very obvious the border is not secure. I'm, I, I'm going to have to talk with the people that I got to talk to and try to get back down on the border and do my show from live down there again, so that we can we can get a bird's eye view of this and, and talk about it in real time because it's amazing what I'm hearing. This is much worse than when I was down there during the Bush administration, and it was bad then. I mean, bad, bad. You'd, you'd see people walking across the desert, you know, in, in the hundreds and being stopped by the border. Okay, so Ben uh, is with us, and Ben uh, Burkwam is with us. Ben, if people want to see more about this, where do they go? Our show, Law and Border, is on Real America's Voice News. Uh, you can download the app. You can see us on Dish Network, Roku, Pluto. It airs on Saturdays. Um, and probably the best thing, download the app, search uh, America's or, uh, Law and Border. Okay. And the other place, my, my website's frontlineamerica.com. And then on all the social media, I try to post all this on uh, at Ben Burke one. Okay. Keep in mind, we just gave you a lot of information. I'll give it to you again before we finish up this so that you can get a pen and get a piece of paper so you can write it down. Yes, sir. So what, we were just talking while you went off to do a quick hit somewhere. Bottom line, you said that uh, the cartels are in control, like of uh, Southwest Arizona, out there by Tucson area, and that. And I saw that for myself, and it wasn't nothing compared to what you're telling me now. Is our does our military uh, military not? You know, interdict these people and stop them, or do they just let them have free reign? Right now, they basically have free reign. Now, we do have border patrol in those areas, but they they operate at about thirty miles north of the border. They run a little road called Ruby Road. I know um, what you're talking about, and and that's where basically they they rarely come below that. And so, what they're doing is they're trying to track these people once they get miles into the, the American border. What they should be doing is w- go where we were at, right on the edge of the border, and stop them before they come in. That's that's really, you know, what's interesting to me is we're spending billions of dollars on Ukraine's border, and I know this has almost become cliche, uh, but if we took that money and put that to secure in our own border, we could secure every inch of that border, at least know who's coming across. 
but we don't do that. That's what needs to happen. We need to send those guys down, not 30 miles inland, not 100 miles in, right on the border. Take those cartel routes. They know exactly where those routes are as well. And they, all they have to do is watch our show if they don't, uh, and, and they'll see them. But they know. You know, our, our, these guys, are uh, they've got intel better than we have. So they right. know what's going on there. It's just not a priority to Washington, D.C. The, the, the enemies within our country reside here in Washington, D.C., and they are intentionally destroying our country from within, I believe. So you got cartel guys standing up on the hills around the desert out there. And by the way, again, let me remind you that a desert in Arizona is not the Sahara Desert. Correct. Right? It's not sand. It's hardtack. Yeah. I think it's what they call it. And it's almost like concrete. When I was down there, I saw thousands of bicycles that they have t- had taken away from the mules that were bringing the drugs across. There's a huge, I think it's an army post that's down in that area. Why isn't the Army doing something about this? Aren't they supposed to protect the border? Yeah, they don't have. So we do have uh, National Guard deployed in certain areas for certain tasks, but it's not to secure the border. It's do, really do they have bullets. I mean, under uh, Bush, they didn't even have bullets. And, and at the beginning of Biden, they didn't either. I've asked a few of them. They say they do now, but that's not their operation. Their orders are actually to assist Border Patrol in processing. So rather than actually oh, using fill out paperwork. to fill out paperwork, so that rather than using our National Guard to guard the nation, we're using our National Guard to to invite the invasion. God almighty. Are we going to be able to save the republic, man? <laughs> um, it, I, I pray about that. I wonder about that every single day. Uh, you know, where we hit that tipping point, where you, you, you pass that, uh, what the, you know, the point of no return as you're going into the black hole. Um, I don't know. You know, it's uh, America's a resilient country, and I know under Obama, a lot of people felt like uh, we're we're beyond that point, and yeah. then and then we had the best president we've had in a century, at least. President Trump came along, so I'm I'm always optimistic, but I'm also uh, I'm I'm aware of what's happening. I'm aware of the fact that the we actually have people in our government who swore an oath to our government, but are intentionally destroying this country. Are, okay, do they want to destroy the country? I believe so. Or is there enough money involved in it's, it? They just it's want a combination. It's a combination. I think there are people out there that are corrupted by the cartels. Cartels run Mexico and in, in large place, in large part in major metropolitan areas, they've begun to, to run the same operations here. Uh, I think, you know, the cartel, when they come to you, it's not like, hey, we got this great job opportunity. We'd like you to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's do this for us and we'll pay you. Well, if you say no, then it's do this for us and we won't kill your family. And so there is, you know, there's um, there, I think there are some people that are doing it out of self-preservation. But uh, there are there is a large swath of people that are connected to the globalist communist agenda that truly want to destroy this country. And they'll take the money along with it. Uh, you know, they, they're happy to make money as it happens as well. OK, so Ira Melman was on just a segment before you and he made this statement that uh, the Border Patrol sees a group of uh, illegals coming across. There's kids involved, so they got to take care of them. And while they're taking care of them, upriver, a couple miles, they're moving drugs That's across right. in the United States. That's exactly right. There, there's, it's a two-pronged approach. They use the, the fake asylum seekers to flood the system, to flood the zone. They pull all Border Patrol resources to that area. And then they run their drugs and their people and their terrorists right outside of that. I mean, it could be a half mile out uh, down river, up river, um, you know, 20 miles out in the desert. Because they know the Border Patrol is involved with the, Absolutely. those people. And, and they have operatives on both sides. So you have lookouts on both sides. They know when Border Patrol's moving. They know where they're at. Uh, they have people working in these organizations. So the, the logistics on this invasion are incredible. I mean, if these guys weren't criminal enterprises, they would be... 
uh, they rival FedEx. These, the, it, it's an incredible operation that's going on down there, all at the detriment of America. You know, I'm thinking if I were president, I'd call up the Joint Chiefs of Staff. I'd get my best snipers. Yep. And those people that they're posting up on those ridges that are watching for the cartels, I would I would put out extreme, with prejudice, yeah. killings of those people. Two things that need to happen. We, the, ter- the cartels need to be designated terrorist organizations because that's exactly what they are. They're working in conjunction with Hamas in some cases, uh, but they are terrorist organizations. And number two is every state that can needs to declare an invasion. Texas and Arizona need to secure their borders because the federal government won't. They have the constitutional authority to do it. And in Arizona, you have to elect Carrie Lake because she's the only one in that state that would do that. But that's what has to happen. It's The, the American people have to do it because the federal government's not going to do it right now. All right, well, it's sure not going to be that former astronaut. His head is out in outer space. Oh, no, yeah, he's, he's out of it. You yeah. don't have a clue. All right. Yeah, Blake Masters for uh, Arizona Senate. Yeah, so let, let's, uh, let me put it this way. Tell my listeners how they can get more information, how they can get involved, how they can call, you know, Congressman Blesterman, Congressman uh, Hill, Senator Bozeman, Senator Cotton. And tell them this has got to stop. Call your governor. Uh, even if you're not on the border, every governor can be take part. You saw what DeSantis did. Every governor yes. can, can play part in this. Uh, call them. Demand that they put American citizens first, that they declare the invasion, even if they're not on the southern border. Call your sheriffs. Tell them that you want them to uh, assist with the, securing the border, even if their state or their feds aren't allowing them to do it. The, the sheriffs have high constitutional authority to do this. Um, and then and demand that the people in their office do their job. Uh, call out these organizations. And then, again, if you want to see more information, come to our website. Do you have a list of those NGOs? I don't on the website. I probably should put it out there, though. Yeah, I sure would like to see it. I think FAIR may have it, though. Fair. Okay, then I need to get a hold of my, my friends in FAIR yeah. and get that information and get that to my congressman. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for being part of the Dave Ellswick Show today. You, again, give people information that they're getting nowhere else. It's my, my pleasure, sir. All right. Thank you very much, Ben. We'll be back. Uh, we've got, don't forget, coming up 930, uh, Tom Cotton, Senator Cotton, will join us. R.J. Hallman going to join us from uh, FAIR when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. Possible to me, but we're down to the last hour of the show. 
it's been fast the last two days. I mean, when you have this many great guests giving you this much information, it's kind of like drinking out of a fire hose. It really is. You're hearing stuff that you've never heard. I Some of it I've not even heard before uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show, talking about illegal immigration. And we brought in a, another guest from FAIR. R.J. Hallman is with us. And, R.J., thank you for giving us about 15 minutes. Yeah, of course, Dave. We want you to be on and talk about this. First of all, let's talk about a certificate that was brought to me, or a, 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 a card, uh, about the commitment to America. This is from the Republican Party for the House side. And uh, this is like the contract of America uh, back in the 90s when Clinton was uh, the uh the president, and you had Dick Army, and you had uh, uh, New Gingrich. New Gingrich, thank you. I, he just he just flew out of my head. <laughs> uh, and and they put this together. And the only thing that's not on this that was on that is that they said in the first 100 days we promise to do these things. Don't have that on here, but that's all right. I've heard McCarthy talk. They want to do the exact same thing. Does this excite you, what you've seen on here? Oh, yeah, it does. It's a great path to go down, too. Look what happened with Newt when he rolled that out. It was one of the biggest wave elections ever. You know, Republicans are slated to probably get, you know, 25, 30, 35 seats even. And I take, predict 50. Well, <laughs> I wish. I hope that happens, Dave. But, no, it's, it's very encouraging to see. And one thing we've been telling uh, McCarthy and other leaders on Capitol Hill on our issue, it's like, listen, stop highlighting the border crisis. Stop tweeting about it. Stop saying Biden's Do bad. Do something. Do something about it. Outline your <laughs> solutions. The American people are sick of it. But, you know, again, this is something that, you know, addresses economic concerns, public safety. Of course, it wants to fight inflation, lower the cost of living, make America energy independent, strengthen the supply chain, all that. But they highlighted the fact that you have to have a nation that's safe. You've got to secure the border and combat illegal immigration. And fortunately, you know, we were kind of fearful that the establishment was going to go down a path of just window dressing reforms that Democrats could bite at. They could say, oh, you know, this election was a rebuke of us. Let's just do a little something on the immigration issue. Let's do more processing facilities, a little bit more border technology and things like that. Stuff that won't address the crisis will allow them to quickly rubber stamp people and let them into the country under the guise of legality. But one thing they're promising here is to actually change the laws, close the statutory loopholes, end catch and release, do mandatory e-verify, and eliminate welfare incentives. You know, FAIR just found that since Biden took office, if you look at all the illegal aliens that they've released into the country, as well as those who got away, it tax on $20.4 billion to the American taxpayer annually. And you add that to 140 that for the existing population, so that's around 160. But again, we're we're confident and, and we're going to work with Republicans on Capitol Hill behind the scene to do a bill out the gate right on immigration to address border security and now send it to the Senate or hopefully eventually to President Biden's desk. And he can use his pen or he cannot. And if he doesn't, then 2024 is going to be a referendum on secure borders as well. Okay, so if we win the House, mm-hmm. if we would win the Senate as well, which is not as sure as I think the House is, but if we do, we'll control the purse strings. So it's great that you bring that up. Our ask is three-pronged. The commitment to America kind of in the House, it checks one box. It's a bill right out the gate. Okay, it's more messaging, though. But ask number two, for example, is aggressive oversight. Okay, you have to bring my orcas to Capitol Hill, maybe even impeach them. Get data. Let's see what Homeland Security is doing about keeping our borders open. And as you said, number three, which I think is most important, is you properly control the port purse strings. You don't give DHS a blank check to undercut the agency's entire existence to release illegal aliens into the country. You know, Republicans have always been a little skittish on being aggressive 
them in the appropriations process. We've got to become street fighters. Correct. And, you know, McCarthy's previewing that a little bit. He did say on record the other day, he goes, listen, I'm not voting for a single continuing resolution to keep the government open past this fiscal year unless there's border security provisions in it. Now, granted, Democrats do control the chamber. They don't need any Republicans. But it's good to at least hear that. That needs to be a preview of what's to come next year. And, you know, we'll be lobbying hard on this front. You cannot give them a blank check. Period. Absolutely. I just had a guest on that talked about something that I hadn't heard about, and that is the number of NGOs that are taking government money Mm -hmm. and using it to subterfuge the American people. Dave is spot on, and it's a paper trail that's hard to find. I mean, you're right. It's American taxpayers funding these NGOs that then transport the illegals coming up to the country. I mean, I even think that there's some collaboration between these NGOs and transnational criminal organizations. You know, Pueblo Sin Fronteras is one. It's like a nation without borders. That's its entire existence. I think they work with these smugglers and traffickers to help these people come here, and then they go on. But again, it's, it's a paper trail that's hard to find. We don't know how this money's being shuffled around. I mean, even even abroad, the amount of money we give to the U.N. and other groups that help migrants travel around the world as the American taxpayers are sitting back getting absolutely screwed. So do we need a forensic audit of these organizations? Is I mean, that what you're saying? I, 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 wish, I mean, we're trying to do, we're working with other organizations to do Freedom of Information Act requests. You know, there's lawsuits here and there. But again, when Republicans, you know, have capital, uh, have, you know, committee oversight, you know, they can be very aggressive. We're hopeful to outline what's going on down there because, again, it's a massive smuggling and trafficking, uh, you know, operation that starts at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Well, we just heard about the, that they've got lookouts all over the hill in America mm-hmm. to make these people come in. I say we send some of our snipers down and <laughs> take care of them. Well, I mean, it, it is an invasion of sorts. It, and, and again, not of sorts. Of sorts, it, it is. is an invasion. But again, and we're seeing finally people are recognizing that, you know, on Capitol Hill. I know Senator Roger Marshall from Kansas did a resolution um, calling it an invasion. It truly is. And I, I feel like a lot of, you know, lawmakers are a little bit afraid to go down that route. They think it might be bad politics. It's dangerous. Well, if that's an invasion, then what is? You know, take a bold stand, you know, and Greg Abbott, Texas, you know, he said there's an invasion going on, but he didn't officially declare it. You know, his Texas DPS and the National Guard, they're not deporting the migrants. They're simply bringing them back down to the border, putting them in the hands of CBP. And then CBP, you know what they do? Then they release them again. It's an endless cycle. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so crazy. You know, and I've been talking with uh, our legislative entities here in Arkansas and others. And uh, I just asked this question about this whole thing about, you know, fentanyl. Mm-hmm. 100,000 overdose Leading, leading cause of death, 1845. Okay. So what would we do to a country mm-hmm. if they dropped a bomb on a city and killed 100,000 Americans? You're spot on. No, you're spot on. I mean, would, 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 you, would we declare war? No, on we them? wouldn't sit back, and that's what we're doing with this drug, this fentanyl crisis. And you know, one thing to keep in mind too, it, it's it's hard to get through to lawmakers sometimes of how you know the immigration crisis of people crossing the border is so intertwined with fentanyl. Like, listen, if you see a lot of the footage, I know the Bill Malugan guy from Fox News does a great job. You'll see a drone go up, and you'll see just. 500 migrants. You got two pickup trucks out there, four Border Patrol agents. They're just with a clipboard, basically, taking their application and putting them on a bus. But what the the smugglers and the cartels are doing, that's why cartels are now in human smuggling, basically, is they know how to take the resources, put them all together, and then the Border Patrol is so stretched thin, they know how to get the drugs into the country, as well as people with criminal records. So it's all intertwined. I mean, again, leading cause of death, 18 to 45, it would kill the entire population tenfold. I mean, how much that has been seized. 
I mean, think about that. I mean, that's why it's so important, too. We're trying to say that Title 42 thing, which helps you expel migrants due to a public health crisis, we did that for COVID. Do it for fentanyl, too. It's even more dangerous. I wish, you know, they cared as much about our 18 to 45 folks as much as they did everybody else in the country on the on the COVID front. Okay, so people can read about all of what we're talking about here by going to fairus.org, correct? Yeah, of course, and then this commitment to America is going to be officially rolled out by Leader McCarthy, Scalise, and others in Pittsburgh uh, tomorrow. Yeah, so keep that in mind. That is commitmenttoamerica.com. You'll want to look at it as well. I want to thank you, RJ, for coming by. I've told you I'd only keep you 15 <laughs> minutes. I have kept my word. It is yeah. 15 after. Thanks, right Dave. Now. Appreciate Thanks so it. Much. We'll see you later. All right. So there you go. You got more information. You know, next time you're sitting at the water cooler and this comes up, you're going to be loaded for bear. Okay. Courtesy of the Dave Ellswick Show. Dave Ellswick Show live in Washington, D.C. We'll finish up the show. Uh, when we basically come back with our last guest, who's going to be Senator Tom Cotton. He will join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show here in just a moment on 101.1 FM, The Answer, Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, glad to have you with us. Uh, We're waiting for Senator Cotton. He'll be here. His advanced team has already been here, told us he is on his way. So we'll take our time and and talk to him. And my, my thanks to R.J., uh, for dropping by uh, R.J. Hallman from uh, FAIR and, and giving us a lot of the information that he has as well. He's the same way as Ira Melman is as far as information, except he talks a lot faster than Ira does. Okay, I bet you he's from one of the East Coast states. Now, that doesn't bother me. Being from Chicago, we talk fast there. But I'm just telling you, R.J., really... He flies through it really, really quick. All right, Commitment to America, that's going to really be unveiled tomorrow in Pittsburgh uh, by the Republicans. Uh, McCarthy's going to be there. Scalise is going to be there. You can read more about what the Commitment to America is by going to uh, commitmenttoamerica.com. And uh, you can read everything that the Republicans are now saying you put us back in control of the House. Here's what we intend to do. This worked back in the 1990s <coughs> with a contract for America, and it led to one of the biggest uh, changes in power uh, in, in Congress uh, under the Clinton administration. And it made uh, President Clinton change his whole uh, demeanor as president. I mean, he went in, and you'll remember, you know, uh, at that point, Hillary was talking about, you know, one payer, single payer health care, and all of that. And then all of the uh, the pushback began, and uh, it changed, and it changed drastically. And we got, uh, you know, changes in welfare. Uh, where you had to work to be able to get welfare and, and all all the rest of that. So uh, I'm hoping the same thing happens. I don't know. I, I don't know if they can push the Biden administration to at least become a little bit more uh, center driven. I don't foresee it happening because it's, I've talked to different people while I've been here. Nobody understands who's in control in the White House. But they all know one thing. It ain't Biden. So uh, most people will tell you they think that 
the president sold out to the left. Uh, that sold out to you know all the the lefties over there, and and that's and that goes along with immigration. It goes on with what we're trying to do with foreign nations and all the rest. And he's got us in a bad, bad situation. And uh, what you need to do is to, to vote for conservatives to be in the uh, the House, be in the Senate. And it's not, it's not so much even Arkansas anymore. Arkansas is about as blood red as it can be. But a lot of these other states aren't. I mean, I look at Pennsylvania, and I see this idiot that's running for the Senate against Oz. And I don't think Oz is the, is the strongest candidate. But it's very obvious that this guy who's running for the Democrats, who had, who had the stroke, it's very obvious that he's got problems, serious problems. And you might not like Herschel Walker, you know, if you're over in Georgia. But... What he is versus what this Warnock guy is is the difference between light, and, you know, night and day. Why would you vote for the other guy when you know that the things that this administration is doing is dragging our country down? That's what's happening. So the commitment to America. Let me tell you, they want one of the the, the parts of this that you need to know about is a nation that's safe. They say they want to fully fund effective border enforcement strategies, infrastructure, and advanced technology. And that was talked about today by uh, Congressman Westerman. He said he had gone to Israel and looked at the, uh, the way they were protecting their country, built a fence, looks like one of those fences that go around, uh, you know, a prison, a little taller, got the, got the cyclone wire on top. It'll slice you up like a piece of cheese. And then on the other side, they've got uh, sand uh, that's uh, laid out in a, a large area, about eight foot wide. It goes many, many, many feet deep so that you can't dig under it. Then it's a road. Then it's more sand. And then it's another road. And in that sand, they've got all kinds of electronic sensors and uh Congressman Westerman was saying a bird can't land on that sand without triggering uh, the new technology that they have and having people come from their border protection people show up where they're finding those, you know, those uh, those alarms going off. And he says that can be built. And we heard this from Ira, too, that can be built for a fraction of the cost of trying to build a big wall. Well, if that's the case, then. Let's get to the let's get to it, and that's where the Republicans are going to have to get involved with the advanced technology to prevent the illegal crossings and the trafficking that's going on by the cartels. And we got to deal with the cartels. For God's sakes, we got to deal with these people. They're they're not over just in Mexico now. They're they're in the the you know the southwest part of Arizona. They're calling the shots over there. We got to keep that from continuing as well uh, in catch and release loopholes we should require legal status to get a job and eliminate welfare recipient in, in incentives and we'll we'll talk to the uh, the senator about this because a few months back you remember he tried to get some uh, some uh, traction on a bill that he wanted to run 
which instead of being uh, you came in because you had family here, you came in because of merit. You had to prove that you could support yourself, that you could prove that, uh, you know, you could do something good for this country. And we'll talk to uh, Senator Tom Cotton in a moment about that. They want to reduce crime and protect public safety. And then they want to defend America's national security uh, as well. So all of that's going on. Uh, one other thing that they've uh, brought up in the commitment to, uh, to America is dealing with fentanyl. And uh, they want to get in and, and cut off the fentanyl that's coming into uh, this, this country. And uh, they want to make sure that it's stopped. And, and have all kinds of uh, criminal-type things that can happen. They want to criminalize all forms of illicit fentanyl, and that needs to be done. I mean, when 100,000 uh, Americans are overdosing on a drug that's being prepared in China and then carried across our borders by the cartel, something's got to give. Something's got to happen. And when I'm hearing there's cartel members that are protecting uh, avenues for the cartel to run their drugs into the country. I'm wondering why our military is not doing the business that they're there to do and get rid of those people that are watching over those areas and, and standing along the ridge lines, you know, fully armed. That needs to be dealt with and dealt with harshly. All right, because I go along with what all these people are saying. It is an invasion of what's going on in America. And they want to they want to be able to, to say that so they they can get the military more involved in protecting our borders. That that's the main reason they're doing that. All right, we got news coming up here on the bottom of the hour. When we come back, we should have Senator Tom Cotton with us. Like I said, his his uh, advanced men have already been here. Sat down and said he's coming. He'll be here, and they're bringing him directly to us to talk to you. Because I can tell you right now, as soon as Tom starts walking through all these talk show hosts, people will recognize him and they'll want to give me five minutes, give me ten minutes, you know. Well, we'll do it as, as well. Well, he's here. Uh, we may. I'll tell you what, uh, Heidi. We can we can move down and and, uh, and 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 just jump through the the news here since the senator is here. Senator, how you doing, man? It's good to see you. Good to see you. Bring bring us over, and we're going to talk to him here. This is my GM, just so you know. He's the man. Yeah, we'll put you right there. That would work fine. Senator. Senator Tom Cotton has joined us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm going to make a, uh, a move as a talk show host, and we're going to not go to the news right now. We've got the senator here. Let's talk to him. He's going to make news. I mean, he's making the news right now. He's sitting here with me. Good to see you again, Senator. Dave, good to see you. Welcome back to Washington. I know you all used to come up every year, but I guess it got closed two years. Closed because of COVID for a bit. Yeah. But uh, glad back now. Glad to have you back. I'll be back as often as they do this. (laughs) As often because I'm hearing things now. I always thought it was bad on the border. It is worse now than it has ever been. Well, it, it, it is as bad as it's ever been. Uh, in less than two years, we've had five million illegal aliens cross our border. Um, you and your listeners, however, should not believe for a minute that this is the result of incompetence, that this is an unintended consequence. 
that this is just bad luck. This is very much I've heard by this design. From everybody. This is what Joe Biden and the Democrats wanted. Remember in the campaign trail, Kamala Harris promised that they would decriminalize crossing the border. When asked at that same debate, Joe Biden kind of half raised his hand and then half lowered his hand and, <laughs> as usual, didn't know which position he wanted to take. But uh, Joe Biden has been entirely captured by left-wing ideologues who, who no longer think that even border security is racist and xenophobic and nativist, but who thinks the very idea of borders are racist and xenophobic and nativist. And that anyone who wants to come to America should be allowed to come to America and live here freely and collect public welfare benefits and take American jobs. This is exactly what the Democrats wanted. This is not an accident, and it's not an unintended consequence. That's a, you know, that's so. I'm so glad you said this, all right, because people think it's because they're inept. No, 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 no. You don't do what you've done to the border and be inept about it. That means that's what you wanted to do to it. And that's what they're, yeah. what they're doing. You know, I, I was at the border last year at the beginning of this border crisis, and uh, I went and spoke to a few dozen of these migrants, and uh, I asked them questions like, you know, where are you from? A lot of them are from places very far afield. Right. Uh, I, I think we're well over 100 countries now, to include lots of countries from Asia and Africa, who obviously traveled to Mexico specifically to cross our open border. Uh I asked them how they got here. A lot of them have paid their life savings to drug cartels and human traffickers who put especially young children at grave risk. And then most importantly, I asked them, why did you come? Remember, most of these people are not running away from the Border Patrol. They are running to the Border Patrol. They are turning themselves in and claiming asylum. They've been coached by left-wing nonprofits, many of whom are funded by our government, to say the magic words that they have a have a fear of persecution because of their religion or their political views or their sex. But when I was speaking to them, without the officials around, without an immigration adjudicator present, they said simply things like, because I can get a better job, because I can get in, or most simply, Joe Biden. There you go. Uh, they know, the world knows, that if you show up at our border and you say a few magic words, that you'll get to cross into our country. Can we talk about the NGOs for a second? Yeah, sure. We're the ones that are funding them. Why is that continuing? If, if you guys win the House and the Senate, are you going to stop that? We will do everything in my power to make sure that we stop funding these organizations who are actively working to undermine America's sovereignty and to play the generosity of the American people as chumps and dupes. We have asylum laws for a reason. And you right. can imagine a situation uh, where asylum laws are appropriate. Let's say we have a handful of students at University of Arkansas or Arkansas Tech or UALR or ASU or any other school that came from a country while they were here studying, their country faced a revolution. And they would be at risk of persecution or even death, say, because they're Christians or because they have free market views if they went back to their now dictatorial country. Correct. That's why we have asylum laws. And the American people have always been very generous when it comes to asylum or refugees, people who are overseas and seeking refugee status here for the same grounds. They don't want to be treated as chumps, though, and have their generosity weaponized to undermine our sovereignty the way it has been. And, again, most of the people probably, most of those 5 million people coming here simply do want a better job, and they do want a better life. 
they still take American jobs. They still put strain on public uh, services like schools and hospitals. But even if a tiny fraction, the tiniest little fraction of those 5 million include gang members and cartel drug traffickers, it will be devastating for our communities. And we've already begun to see the leading edge of that in the spike in fentanyl overdoses in Arkansas and across the country and the increase in uh, border and immigrant-related crime. And it's only going to get worse. Yeah, we talked about the fentanyl crisis. And I I just asked asked Senator Bozeman's question, Congressman Westerman, and other people. You know, if a foreign nation dropped a bomb on one of our cities and killed 100,000 people, I mean, go back to 9-11, 3,000 people. I mean, how would we react to that? Dave, I think that's very well put. That's the way I've actually been uh, putting it for a while now um, about these cartels in Mexico. Um, You know, drug uh, uh, importation has changed over the years. You know, there used to be a lot of cocaine from Colombia, for instance. Um, for a long time, China was behind the fentanyl that was going into Mexico and now coming in because of different kinds of markets, because even black markets have market pressures right. uh, and U.S. enforcement priorities. It is now the case that almost all the illicit drugs in America, almost all, comes from Mexico, and it comes from cartels who have expanded their monopolies through the most sadistic kinds of violence. Um, and as you said, they're responsible for 100,000 deaths in America, not one time, but every single year for many years now. Just think about that. That's almost 25 times the number of young Americans we lost in Iraq in 20 years. You should ask yourself, if al-Qaeda or ISIS set up shop in Monterey or Juarez or Tijuana and were responsible for killing 100,000 Americans every year, what would you do? What would you want your government to do to al-Qaeda and ISIS in Mexico? And whatever that is, is exactly what we should do to the cartels in Mexico right now. Okay, so you were former military. I was former military. We've got uh, the cartels now, like in the southwest corner of Arizona, that are, are working on our soil. Why aren't we taking this seriously? And, hey, I'm enough of a military person still to say... The military is there for a reason. Yep. So uh, it, it is the most serious threat to our security right now, the open border and the way the cartels are using it. Now, cartel violence in America in places like southern Arizona uh, should be targeted by law enforcement, by the DEA, uh, the FBI, by local law enforcement working in con- conjunction. But in Mexico, in Mexico, Again, we should treat them exactly like we would treat al-Qaeda and ISIS. And we do have many precedents for going on offense against people in Latin America who are poisoning our citizens. It is very widely reported that Delta Force was present when Pablo Escobar, the Colombian drug kingpin, was taken down in the early 1990s. That makes me feel good. It is widely known that American military advisors were with Mexican Marines when they captured El Chapo a few years ago. And in 1989, for goodness sake, we toppled an entire government in Panama because they were running drugs into America. So what changed? We should make it clear. Well, I... For one, you've got a Democratic president who refuses <laughs> yeah. to enforce our border. Uh, two, obviously, our, our military was very focused for many years on the war on terror Correct. against ISIS and al-Qaeda. 
But as you pointed out, and as a simple fact, we are losing many multiples of people every single year to the poison coming across our our border from Mexico that we lost on 9-11, that we lost in the entire Iraq war, that we lost in the entire Afghanistan war. Dave, we lose almost twice as many people every year to drug overdose in this country as we lost in the entire Vietnam war. Almost right. twice as many. So, again, we should make it very clear to Mexico that we are not going to tolerate these cartels anymore and that we will work in coordination with them to take them down, but we are going to take them down. Well, they got a clean house if that's going to happen. That's one of the most corrupt yeah. governments around. Well, and this is, this is something that was was considered and even the planning had begun in the final year or so of the Trump administration. Um, it. It was made harder by the coronavirus. Right. The, the Mexican government, especially the current government, in my experience, is often looking for reasons to delay or um, kind of uh, not follow through on its commitments. But it, it takes it's going to take a strong new leader who makes it clear from the very beginning that our number one priority to protect our people, to keep them safe, is to take down the cartels in Mexico. All right. I want to talk to you about some legislation that you put up a few months ago. And I don't know if it got any kind of uh, traction or not. And that is moving to a merit-based way of coming to this country instead of a family-based way of coming to this country. It's, It's such a great way that you wanted to do this, but it kind of came out. People talked a little bit about it, and then it died. Is it because the Democrats are in control? Uh, yeah, that's for sure. The Democrats are in control, and they don't want to. They don't want to pass any kind of immigration laws uh, that would do anything other than increase the number of immigrants coming to this country to take American jobs. That would do anything other than grant amnesty to uh, illegal aliens, and preferably to all illegal aliens. Um, my legislation, though, uh, tries to rectify serious problems with our legal immigration system. Not, the border, obviously, is in crisis, yeah. and we're not doing enough to enforce the laws um, against illegal immigration inside the country. But there is the legal pathway, which so- simply doesn't serve the interest of Americans today. As you suggested, most legal immigrants today, people who get green cards to come in this country, which is the gateway to citizenship, the legal way, come here basically because of you know an accident of fortune in the past. Right. Someone's child or parent or sibling got to the country five or 10 or 20 or 30 years ago, or they win the diversity lottery, which oddly enough today is most favorable towards Europe. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's different. Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, the diversity lottery was created in part in the early 1990s because Teddy Kennedy didn't think there were enough Irish immigrants anymore. (laughs) Um, But what we would do is is change that. We We would eliminate what's known as chain migration, right. um, which is family-based migration beyond your immediate family. Look, if you come here um, as a legal immigrant, uh, of course you should be able to bring your spouse and your minor children with you. But that's where it has to end. That's the family unit. I understand that when you're a grown man or woman, you still love your brother and sister, you still love your mom and dad, but those people are not dependent on you. That's right. not your core family unit. And those people need to come here based on their own two feet. 
So we just take a, a couple easy, simple predictors for people who are going to contribute to our economy, who are going to be able to stand on their own two feet from the very beginning, who are not going to get welfare, who are going to get a job from the, immediately. And those things are obvious. What is their English language skill? What's their level of education in fields that are relevant to economic needs? Do they have a job already that's going to pay a median wage or even more? Um, how old are they? Do they have any unique or special skills, whether it's a world-class athlete or a world-class scientist or a world-class pianist? Um, and then it would assign a certain number of points, and every few months you'd reallocate the points, and whoever's at the top of the list gets to come in. It's the exact kind of system that Canada has and that Australia has. Sounds good to me. Yeah, well, the, so the, the, the Democrats, though, again, they don't want to adopt any kind of immigration reform unless it is or includes massive increases in the number of unskilled and low-skilled workers coming to this country and amnesty for all those illegal aliens who are already here to include the 5 million illegal aliens that have entered the country in the last two years. You know, the claims you always hear from Democrats like, oh, these people, they've lived here for a long time. They live in the shadows. They've been, you know, um, obeying the law. Let them, let them come out of the shadows get right with the law. Like, like it's one thing for the Democrats to make that case about someone who legitimately has lived in America for 20 years. Right. But they've spent the last 20 months letting in 5 million people who haven't lived here for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And now they want to give them amnesty as well. Well, and, and Senator Bozeman pointed out, we let a million people in legally every year to this country. We're one of the, the countries and, that allow people to come here all the time. And if I, if I went through with your listeners every single category of reason why those million people get green cards, they would be shocked. Only about one out of every 14 green cards is given based on anything remotely like skill. Right. Um, I mean, and we have all these quotas as well. Like, we even have a set of uh, a small number of green cards set aside for lawyers. Dave, Do you, does anybody really think we need more lawyers yeah, we in the need country? A lot more of those. It's one thing to say, like, okay, maybe we should set aside some green cards for doctors or dentists right. to go to rural states like Arkansas. But lawyers? Do we really need more lawyers? Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I'm with you on all of that. All right, final question for you. Commitment to America. This is from the House. McCarthy, did you have a chance to take a look at it? I've seen the previews of it. I haven't seen the card that you got today, uh, but I know that uh, Kevin and other great members of the House of Representatives, like Jim Jordan, um, like uh, Jim Banks, like our four congressmen from Arkansas, have been working on uh, this new uh, commitment to America for the last several months, and they're going to be announcing it here in the next day or two up in Pittsburgh. I think it gives a, a good... Uh, picture of what a new Republican Congress will accomplish come January and what we'll do to set the stage for uh, retaking the White House in 2024. All right. So i got to ask you this question. You answer it any way you want it. Okay. Bottom line, I think we take the House. And I think a lot of the stories we're saying about how close it is, it won't even be as close as they're saying. What about the Senate? We're going to win the Senate as well. Um, in part because the Democrats have nominated some of the most radical candidates ever to run for United States Senate. Right. Like, look at John Fetterman in Pennsylvania. I know the media talks a lot about his stroke, which I regret for him. I wish him a full and speedy recovery. But his stroke and his uh, ability to to process language and speak is the least of my concerns about him. Mm -hmm. My main concerns is that he has voted time and time again to let deranged criminals out of prison. Or he said once, Dave, that if he could have a magic wand 
to grant just one wish, right? what would he do? It wouldn't be to secure the border. It wouldn't be to stop inflation. It wouldn't be to end Pennsylvania's opioid crisis. It wouldn't even be to get the Eagles or the Steelers to the Super Bowl. It would be to end long prison sentences for murders. That was his one wish. And you see it in state after state. Look at Mandela Barnes in Wisconsin. Mandela Barnes, as a state legislator, wanted to eliminate the bail system. So that would mean that you're arrested one day and you get released and go out and commit more crimes the next day. Like the Waukesha murderer who drove that uh, vehicle through the Christmas parade last December. If Mandela Barnes had his his way, everybody like that would be out uh, on uh, uh, without bail pending uh, their uh, uh, trial. So the Democrats have nominated radical liberals. And the Democrats across the street who have been in the Senate have cast vote after vote after vote that doesn't reflect the priorities and common-sense solutions that Americans expect. So I, I'm very confident we're going to win both the House and the Senate. Okay, that's that's good news. I'm glad to hear that. Finally, we're not going to lose you in Arkansas, are we? <laughs> I think you're stuck with me at least for four more years, right? Okay, well, that, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Well, uh, I was you, very— You fight well for this. I'm very, I'm very grateful to the people of the state of Arkansas. Um, and I, I've got a new book coming out on November 1 called Only the Strong. Okay. Reversing the Left's Plot to Sabotage American Power. But in the acknowledgments, the, the very first group of people I acknowledge are the people of Arkansas. And the opportunity they have afforded me uh, these last eight years to serve them in the United States Senate, it, it's a great privilege and an honor. I have so much uh, fun working for them. Um, I'm not going to say it's not frustrating some days, especially in Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer's Washington. Right. Um, but uh, I am so uh, so thankful that they returned me to the Senate two years ago. Um, and uh, I get up every single day thinking about what I can do to make life better for Arkansans. Well, I've supported you ever since you ran the first time. I'll keep supporting you. Thank and you, Dave. thank you for the work that you do in the United States Senate. Thank you, Dave. It's great to be on with you again. And great, and great to have you back in Washington. All right. Appreciate you. Thank, thank you. you very much. Senator Tom Cotton here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're live in Washington, D.C. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back to finish it up here uh, for our broadcast on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Now, that's the way to end the show. That is definitely a way to end the show. My thanks to Senator Tom Cotton for joining us here on the Dave Ellswick Show to finish up our broadcast from Washington, D.C. and hold their feet to the fire. I hope that you've spent uh, these last two days listening to all the guests that we've had. I know that you can't just sit by your radio. Know that you can go to my to my Facebook site and you can uh, listen to these shows at any time at your leisure. And uh, there's just a lot of interesting things in there that you need to hear. You know, Big uh, Ben Burkwam, you need to go back and, and listen to that segment that he did with me. I mean, his whole thing about non-governmental organizations, NGOs, and how our own money is being given to a lot of these NGOs, and they're using it to undermine the sovereignty of our country. It has to it has to end, and I I didn't even know it was happening that way, and uh, I'll be bringing this up more more often to our congressmen and to our senators. You heard what Senator Cotton said about it, and uh, if they take both the House and the Senate and put it in the control of the Republicans, I'll be expecting to watch them slowly dismantle some of the stuff that has been built up by the left. Uh, of the uh, Democratic Party. We want to see that, you know, taken apart. And if if you're a person who supports the Democratic Party, 
do the things that you've heard this week, which are true. I, I don't bring people on here to give you, you know, false narratives. But they give you this information. And you know that the Democrats are undermining our country. Why would you even think about supporting a Democrat? Because even if they're just a state Democrat, they're tied to the national Democrats. You need to keep that in mind uh, as well. The policies that the uh, Republicans are uh, bringing to you now with this commitment to America, take a look at that, read it, sit down and allow it to uh, percolate a little bit with you, and then uh, get out and vote. Uh, To find out more about the Commitment uh, to America, go to their website, CommitmentToAmerica.com. CommitmentToAmerica.com. And the bottom line is we have to go out and we have to vote. You need to talk to your neighbors. We need to get them to vote. And and that's to, to try to clean up this craziness that's going on to the on the border. They tell you the border is secure. You've listened to all the stories the last two days. It is not secure. It's not even close to being secure. And you need to remember that when you go in to pull or push the button or pull the lever uh, on November 8th or in uh, Arkansas's case, early voting starts on October 24th. So whenever, whatever day you decide to walk in and let your thoughts be known, uh, keep some of the things that you've heard here from these broadcasts in mind about what's going on on the border here in uh, uh, America. Look, you've heard from people from FAIR. This is what they do all the time is give you the information dealing uh, with uh, the border. You've heard from Tom Holman, former acting director of Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Congressman Hill has been here. Congressman uh, Westerman, Senator Bozeman, Senator Cotton. They all have told you the exact same thing about what's going on. You've heard from a couple of sheriffs, boots on the ground, right in uh, Cochise and uh, Pinal County in Arizona. You heard from uh, Sabine, who lives in Arkansas, comes from California, who lost her son to an illegal alien that had been let back into the country and that they were letting out of jail if it hadn't been for her keeping track of what was going on. You heard from John and Joe Beth Ladd. Uh, they were the ranchers that you heard from in the first hour today and how what their life's like when you're dealing with hundreds and hundreds of illegal immigrants and the cartels that are running hundreds of pounds of fentanyl into the United States. Ira Melman from Fair U.S. talking to us. Uh, ben Burkwam was talking to us. He was the one who unveiled this whole thing about the non Uh, governmental organizations and how they're using our tax money against this R.J. Hallman as well from FAIR. All right, that's going to wrap it up here uh, on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're sure glad that you joined us, uh, joined me here for the last uh, two days. I hope that you got something out of this. Uh, Please talk to your friends and your neighbors and discuss the problems along the border uh, with them. Don't forget to get your uh, information about Commitment to America. 
take a look at that if you if you're uh, you know an independent if you're a, a Democrat take a read of it see what it is that they're talking about you know you need to make sure that you allow yourself allow yourself to be educated about the issues that are facing this great nation of ours because if we don't change some things the real chance of losing the republic is there it is there between inflation that's going on between what's going on on the border between what's going on with the, the illegal drugs that are coming across the human trafficking that's happening all of these things are undermining the basic infrastructure of America here uh, in our country. Keep that in mind. All right, I'll wrap it up. Heidi, a great job. My producer did a great job back uh, in the studio. Not easy to keep me on the air sometime. I appreciate all of her hard work. I'll wrap it up with you now. i got to get to the airport here in a few hours. I'm flying home today. Coming home, I'm heading off on a vacation tomorrow. I'll be gone for two weeks. I'm going to Panama Beach in Florida, and you're going to have a lot of great fill-in hosts on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Enjoy them. Enjoy their, their thoughts and what they want to talk about with you. And then I'll be back with you on October 10th right here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.